0: You might hear the word insolvency and think companies but insolvency is just another term to describe serious financial problems for anyone. You could be insolvent if you can't pay your bills in full when they're due, you're paying a little off each bill trying to keep creditors at bay or you've had calls and letters about missed repayments and threats of repossession. The Insolvency Service of Ireland or ISI has four debt solutions to help people with all levels of problem debt from credit cards to mortgages. For more information visit backontrack.ie or free text get help to five zero zero one five. The ISI. Together we'll get you back on track.
1: Hello and welcome to another summer special of the Blood and Bud. Podcast, a summer World Cup retrospective supersonic special. I am Lee Calvert, and joining me is
2: Uh, Josh Gardner.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. this is on Patreon for all your lovely patrons out there. We've had a few people who've joined Patreon since I've been shilling this on Twitter, so thank you very much. Oh, yes, I hope you're enjoying. Somebody this week even actually said. You know, I, I couldn't last. The, I had to pay you some money because I couldn't last the summer not hearing you, which is nice.
2: Which is both nice and a little scary. It is, if I'm honest.
1: But also, again, thank you very much, everybody who does put their hand in the pocket because it is nice to know that you feel that we're worth that, really. Indeed. Like L'Oreal, but you know, not as well. as
2: Yeah, we're just about worth it.
1: Yes, we're just about worth that amount of money. <laughs> Before we crack on with what we're going to cover today, which is the Rugby World Cup in 2007.
2: Ugh, what a tournament. I we was just
1: saying before we came on, there's a, lot, there's a lot going on in 2007. I'd kind of forgotten a lot of it. So
2: Yes. Not, not much of it was high-quality attacking rugby, but a lot of things happened.
1: Indeed. Before we start, we've had a player spotted.
2: Oh, of course.
1: Ian ferugia DMs. He said, "The year is twenty fifteen. I've just been back to Wales to watch them play Italy in the pre World Cup friendly, the one which further decimated the squad as both Webb and Halfpenny were seriously injured and missing. Oh yeah, it that was a depressing day. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to sneeze. No, not. Anyways, fast forward to the day after, and I drive to Bristol to collect my girlfriend, and had been there, to, who had been there to meet some Show friends. Show off. Yeah." As I drive through the city centre, I pull up to, yeah, get you with your girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, as I drive up to the city centre to pull up to the red light, a big old, a big old brand new BMW X5 pulls up next to me. I look up and sat in it is none other than Mr. Gavin, 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 Henson.
2: You know what? I'm disappointed at that. What is an thought X5? Be be- I thought he'd be better than X5, if I'm honest.
1: I'm entirely unsurprised it's an X5.
2: Exactly. It's so predictable. What would you I expect him to have? I don't Corvette know. Corvette like... or something. Yeah, something, you know, apparently, you know, he's supposed to drive a fucking camper van to training so, so he can cook his meals in the back of it because he's a fucking lunatic.
1: That's late period Gavin, though, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. If this was Bristol Bath period Gavin, he was still very much on the booze. Yeah, he said,
1: anyway, Ian says, I beeped and waved. He put his window down and said, All right, bet. Ian said, well, that was good, that, wasn't it? He? Because he's from India. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ian said. So I said, Ian says, I said to him, I'm Welsh, and he'll be back in the squad at this rate. He laughed, and then when the lights changed, he drove off. What an encounter! Says Ian.
2: I mean, it's got everything. I yeah, can see I've why you've remembered it, yeah, it
1: and decided to send it in.
2: Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, being in such close proximity, you're lucky you kept your girlfriend. Given there is that, you know,
1: you're also that lucky you didn't was- whack out his old feather and piss in your car or something. Wow.
2: Well, oh, that's not it's 2015.
1: Or... So actually no. No it wouldn't have been.
2: Yeah, that would have been post uh oh, yeah. career oblivion Gav.
1: Yeah, it would have been. That would have been. Yeah. How many years after silver hair was that when he was pissing <laughs> on things?
2: Oh, I'd forgotten about the silver hair, but we will talk about haircuts very shortly. <laughs>
1: So yes, the year is two thousand and seven. The World Cup is in France. Before we talk about the World Cup, I think it's worth dwelling on what was happening in the world round about this time.
2: Yes, First, let's, let's take a, take us back to take nearly... us
1: back. First of all, on the hit parade. Hello. Hello. Number one was a song that I have absolutely no fucking memory of, which was "Beautiful <laughs> Girls" by Sean Kingston.
2: I anyone, remember that anyone song. out there at all. I remember it, it's fucking terrible absolutely awful,
1: my nose is starting to run for reasons I can't explain while I'm on it. Is here.
2: it because you're just magnetised by the power of Sean Kingston it's, it's the dizzy bit. heights of Sean yes.
1: Kingston's beautiful girl, I, I seem
2: to remember it had the line you got me suicidal, which is a little bit insensitive um,
1: <laughs> Was it, is, is it a reggae one?
2: it, is a, it sounds like it, it, it should be has, a reggae one it definitely has a little bit of listen the, to me, uh, is it
1: a reggae one?
2: So all of, of a sudden, I've become colleague.
1: like a, a, a member of the House of Lords. All of a sudden,
2: <laughs> look, we can only dream of peerages for as, as worthy as me or thee would be compared to the gaggle of idiots that are in there at the moment. Let's face it, I'm trying um, to
1: find it now so I can actually play it. It's
2: it's not good, mate. It, I, <laughs> I'm gonna, he's, I'm gonna he's say a, he's a chubby probably, gentleman, he's a chubby he's, gentleman. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it was that period where. R and B singers could be uh chubby and your way to be fool girl. That's why it'll
0: never work. You have me suicidal suicide the full part of harmony on the suicidal part. It really has that, that
2: sunny, sunny vibe. Oh my god, listen to that backing track!
0: The
1: only one that do your dirt.
2: Very oh my
1: god, why has it got like a Bon Tempe organ
2: backing track? <laughs> I say again, because it was 2007.
1: My word, that is absolutely awful, I'm sorry everybody. This yeah. week, also in music, the Claxons won the Mercury Music Prize. Fuck me, the Claxons
2: were... Dog
1: For shit. their album *Myths I of the Near Future*, I wish you were a fucking myth, you I, set of twats. Terrible. I
2: fucking hated the Claxons. They were awful. Fucking new rave. Fuck off.
1: Yes, yeah, so, but the uh, prize-winning Claxons.
2: Yeah, the Mercury Prize, Jesus.
1: And also, also in music, in inverted commas, commas Leon Jackson. The Scottish, the Scottish young man who looked like a Gap 2 3D print of Joey from Friends, spliced with a third division footballer with substance misuse issues, was on his way to winning the X Factor that year.
2: Oh, that guy. With the guy in the Yeah, he was not. So divided the
1: X Factor, it's almost like they did it on purpose.
2: Yeah, it's the, he's the anti X Factor. Who headlined Glastonbury that year? That's always interesting. 07? No. Don't know. Yeah, that's actually a pretty. Arctic Monkeys, The Killers, and The Who.
1: Oh yeah, with, I remember watching it. One telly, actually. With
2: uh, Dame Shirley Bassey doing the classic Sunday afternoon slot. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame about the killers in the middle of there, and it's a shame the. Otter they were Monkeys good then. They were all
1: right sh- then. That was that yeah. was pre-human. It all went I mean, wrong with human.
2: This was 2007. Erotic Monkeys, which in my opinion is is the finest. Of well, the they'd won the Mercury well.
1: Music Prize a year before, and the Claxons had beaten them this year. They were on the oh, list this year.
2: Oh, oh actually, saw... no, thinking about it, 2007, was favorite worst Night Now, which is their third album, which is fucking dreadful. So uh, anyway. Yeah. I guess that the Claxons probably deserved it.
1: So this World Cup started on the seventh of September, two thousand and seven. Mm. Lots of sevens going on there. There
2: is,
1: um, and on the t- if you were watching telly that day, yeah, you could have watched Ready, Steady, Cook on BBC Two, <laughs> which had guests Brian Conley and Christine Bleakley.
2: Jesus. Later I on mean...
1: was Bill Oddie's Top Ten Birds, which I'm assuming I hope is literally birds because this is not yep. nineteen seventy seven. Yeah. Friday Night with Jonathan Ross was on later. This was obviously pre him pestering an old age pensioner about his daughter's sexual yep, habits. Yeah, when he was still allowed
2: sack. on the BBC. Yeah.
1: And then there was a show called All Saints on, on daytime BBC One. Right. Which I don't know what that was. But the episode was called Down to Earth, and here's the right of what happened in it. This was on at three o'clock in the afternoon or something.
0: Uh-huh.
1: A schizophrenic patient holds Ben and Bron hostage. While Mitch learns that Rose is planning to take him to the cleaners in a divorce.
2: I mean, fucking hell, that sounds a bit heavy for a weekday afternoon. <laughs> and game, people wonder it?
1: why the views of mental health are not very well developed in this country. When basically, yeah. obviously, all schizophrenic people do is take people hostage.
2: <laughs> yeah, and murder people.
1: That's all that happens. Yeah. Scary large men with beards cut people up in bin bags and take people hostage. Yeah. That's what you do in a Do You know,
2: know what schizophrenic people also clearly do? Is, is they, they judge the Mercury Music Prize? <laughs> so, <laughs> See now that would be
1: more believable.
2: Yeah, I've now gone back into the. I've looked at the other nominees for the 2007 when Claxons won it. Do you know what didn't win after being nominated in 2007? Wasn't it Bat
1: for Lashes? weren't they nominated
2: that year? Bat for Lashes, Fur and Gold, Dizzy Rascals, Maths and English, and most staggeringly of all, Amy Fucking Winehouse's Back to Black did not win the Mercury Music Prize because Claxons did.
1: I mean, that's bad enough in itself that it didn't win. But then when you see it didn't win because Claxons did, it's it's <laughs> such the it's like, I mean, that just makes no sense. That makes about as much sense as England getting to the Rugby World Cup final, which we'll come on to in a bit. Yeah. But before we do that, let's talk about what you could watch in the cinema in 2007. Oh. Here are the top 10 grossing films worldwide mm. right. in 2007. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. God, that wasn't very good. Harry Potter and Thawder at Phoenix, as he said. Dunno. Don't
2: know. Dunno. Don't know.
1: Spider-Man 3. Was that the one with a sand oh, bloke that? in it?
2: It was the one with a sand bloke and emo Peter Parker in it. That is <laughs> an ab- absolutely appalling film. Shrek
1: the yeah. Third, and it was going downhill by then. <laughs> Transformers, which is quite possibly the worst fucking film ever made. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not a good one. It's not a strong. Oh dear, this is not. Michael
1: Bayman stealing a fucking living.
2: Yeah, absolutely robbing it.
1: Ratatouille, the worst of the Pixar films.
2: Oh, see, I won't have a word said again. Oh come on, it's a fantastic, it's boring, move. fantastic. I Who am does...
1: Legend. All Will Smith really, and a bad, dog.
2: Really bad film. Really bad film.
1: Number eight, The Simpsons Movie, which was passable, but they just they were just not cashing not in.
2: Not very good. The
1: ninth. Top grossing worldwide one this year. National Treasure Book of Secrets. Oh my
2: God. So, not even the first National Treasure. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then number 10 was the inexplicably popular 300.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, that with was.
1: Gerard th- Butler shouting.
2: Yes, abs and shouting. Abs
1: shouting and black and white with like gorgeously yeah. coloured red blood.
2: Yes. I mean. It-
1: yeah, also this year, though, it's not in the top 10 because it wouldn't have grossed that much because it wasn't a blockbuster. It was No Country for Old Men, which is absolutely magnificent.
2: <laughs> wow. How did, well, One of the best lines
1: that... ever is, was it Tommy Lee Jones as the sheriff isn't it? Deputy citizen, it's a mess, isn't it, sheriff? He goes, well, if an it Aiden will do till, get, till the mess gets here.
2: <laughs> I assume that that only went on to do well After it got Oscar nominated etc
1: But it wouldn't have been a I mean you know Pirates of the Caribbean is nearly a billion pound gross You're never going to get that Jesus. No matter how well regarded it is Jesus.
2: And that would have been the third one in the film in the, Oh god See this is obviously why I didn't go to the cinema very often In my fourth year of university <laughs> Well, that was my
1: next question. What were you up to in 2007?
2: I tell you what I was doing. I was studying in In your
1: fourth year. Did you fail a year? I did. I did not
2: fail (laughs) a year. I was I was doing my uh, magazine journalism postgraduate diploma in Cardiff University. Did you actually do a
1: degree in the thing that you do now?
2: Uh, No, God no. I did a history degree. Oh, and then I did a postgrad thing in journalism to make myself. This has become a rugby
1: life episode. How did you feel about your degree (laughs) when you when you left
2: university, (laughs)
0: John?
2: Yeah. So uh, I was, after three years of effectively doing fuck all in a history degree where I had six hours a week, I was suddenly thrust into the nine to five of a full-time magazine postgraduate diploma where I was expected to do stuff. And I'll level with you. It was a very big shock to my system, and I did not like it at all. I still don't really like it, to be honest. I've never really recovered. I feel like six hours a week was roughly my kind of ideal average work time. But yeah, so that was like late 2000. I remember one of the first. Did, things did you always that... want
1: to write for magazines? Did you suddenly finish your degree and go, I fancy writing for magazines? <laughs> sort of.
2: I kind of always. At th- first I thought I was going to be a fucking rock star and then I realised I wasn't really good. Yeah,
1: we've all been there, haven't we?
2: Yeah. And you know, I mean. Oh, I was dead really... good. I
1: just was never found up. You know, never. <laughs> Not
2: yeah, true. I, it was always wrong place, wrong place, wrong time, obviously, yeah, yeah. you know. Um. Yeah, because, you know, I'd wasted a year after school going off and doing music and attempting to sort of make a go of that and then i did a degree, and then i was like well i still like music i'm not good enough to do it professionally how can i continue to avoid getting a proper grown-up job how can i continue
1: to wear jeans to work
2: (laughs) basically yes or sometimes (laughs) shorts as has been the case in the last month um yeah and I'd like, have to like, wear
1: tailored shorts to the office, and there's no way I'm entertaining that fucking shit. That's just, that's just fucking
2: appalling, isn't it? Just why, even, looking, why even
1: looking like a fucking sex pest golfer, basically.
2: <laughs> Lee Lee is modelling the sex tourist collection. <laughs>
0: from... Yes, <indeed.
1: laughs> fanny pack on, long sleeve shirt tucked in. <laughs>
2: yeah, so um, yes, I was I was embarking on on the a career at, at what was then known as Maglab in uh, Cardiff University and uh, I tried to blag into the there was the newspaper side of that um I had a little deal with the Cardiff Blues where um because the head of the course was a massive blues fan he had a thing where one member of the newspaper course was allowed to basically they got a free season ticket to the blues in exchange for writing up all the match reports on their website
0: Right.
2: And I was like, I'll was like, oh, fucking have a piece of that um, and sort of put my name forward. And he was like, A, you can't do that because you're a magazine journalist, not a newspaper journalist. And B, I found out you're an Ospreys fan and I'm not allowing That's it. That's all fair <laughs> enough. It, to be honest, it was fair enough. He did. I can't fault spent- him. He spent the entire rest of the year every time he saw me basically laying into me for being an Ospreys fan. But this was 2007, so we were much, much better than Blues at that point. So it kind of didn't work. Um, but yeah, so I was I was in the midst of university. I wouldn't say bliss, but I was not a grown-up yet, so it was happy. What, I was, you? what were you doing, I
1: would. I'd moved from Cardiff to North Wales after having the second child and relocating because we were the first of our friends to have kids. We had no family in Cardiff. And people, you know, people say time slows down at the Mm. speed of light and things like that. Mm. That's nothing compared to how much time slows down when you're going to do a full fucking weekend with two kids under two (laughs) and nobody to visit and nowhere to go. So, and I lived in Gravestown in Cardiff. and You know, there's only so many times you can go, shall we take a walk to the bay? Shall we try and not throw ourselves in the fucking water this time? Because that's what I feel like doing type thing. So yeah, so I'd moved to relocate to North Wales to so be near a family and all that. And i got a job at Denbyshire County Council, which contains wow. the holiday metropolis masterpiece that is real
0: in oh, the I'm north. And then down the south it's place. full of
1: people who speak Welsh. It's a very culturally diverse county is Denbighshire. So mm. that's where I was. Mm. So yeah. Before we move off yeah. this and on to of the actual... I rugby. was
2: in but I was in Cardiff, which let's not forget was a World Cup city. Of course, Again, it was. Yeah, for we'll some fucking reason.
1: Before we do that, I've just realised in the 2007 Oscars, this was the year that The Departed won Best Picture and Best Director.
2: Oh, he which, finally got was yeah, a massive saved, bit of tokenism. Yeah. Yes.
1: But also contains one of the best lines ever from Mark Wahlberg before he became a, tw- a complete twat um, <laughs> and started just making films about America, being an American hero all
0: yeah. the time. Yeah. When.
1: He plays that really stroppy sergeant, and the guy says to him, who are you? And he says, who am I? I'm the guy who does his fucking job. You must be the other fucking guy. <laughs> which is a bit like me and you. I don't know which one of us is yeah, rich, though.
2: Yeah, I don't know which one of us is. Interesting things uh, in music that year as well. Uh, bands that broke up uh, oh. included uh, Jurassic Five. Oh, I don't remember that. Good, good band. Uh, less, less worryingly, Liberty X broke up. They'd have given it a good lash, um, haven't they? After all, not they'd winning. They'd given it a f- fucking idol. red hot go. Uh, Evanescence went on indefinite hiatus. Oh, that, I don't know.
1: They I... They wake, wake me up in time. It's exactly yeah, that. that one.
2: Yeah, the guy. You like sing. War, call yeah. my
1: name and yeah. save me what? from the dark. What
2: are you doing? Yeah, yeah. The Backstreet Boys released their sixth studio album. Sixth not... Studio
1: album. I, however, yeah. I want it that way. Reminds, remains an absolutely brilliant song.
2: Yes, it. I mean, I'd say that there are probably at least four Backstreet Boys songs that I would not actively throw out of the window.
1: Everybody, if, bracket, Backstreet's Back, close bracket. Yeah.
2: I want yes. it that way. I want it that way, yeah. As um, long as you
1: love me is all right. Cracking Middle yeah, age
2: as long as you there, love me. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, side. everybody. I mean, this, this
1: is, is what happens when you. That's got a nostalgia it. riff.
2: Yeah. See, you just, this is, we missed... Basically priming you for our pop culture retrospective (laughs) podcasts that we're gonna start filling you in with over the next year or so. Um Yeah. Who was that backstreet boy, the tall one? Brian was it with the with the blonde curtains? Was he the one that was related to another one? Oh, okay, there was we're, we're out our depth AJ, now. AJ Howie, Nick was it Nick Carter? It was Nick Carter, and his
1: brother Aaron Carter ended up having his own career. It was like a career. little yeah. shittier
2: looking version of him. Yes, Aaron Carter's probably about forty now. Oh, he's he 30. thirty. He's thirty. Wow. Anyway, anyway, yes. moving along.
1: So, so 2007 we...
2: World Cup in France. Yeah, 2007, not a vintage year for pop culture. Not a not green... a vintage year for World Cups either. No, not Vintage Year for Rugby 4. Stop, really. Now, we did
1: 1999 last episode, didn't we? Yeah. Now, this was an entirely different beast to
2: 1999. It really fucking was.
1: For a start, it was in France, and actually yeah. was actually mostly
2: in France. In France. Although also Murrayfield and Cardiff. For yeah, randomly. I still, I still don't
0: you understand. You can't
1: ever expect them all to be in one country. This is basically <laughs> no. what that is
0: doesn't work that way, yeah. And all the, the stadiums were, were big buggers.
1: There was no, like, and one of them is being played in the fucking park next to all the yeah, dog no, shit the, like it was in nineteen one and stuff.
2: No, no, the smallest fucking stadium was, like... Uh, Montpellier, wasn't it? Montpellier or Bordeaux, or yeah. Or
1: and also, what you do know which is the kind of mega sponsors have suddenly turned up now. Oh, yeah. mcdonald's got... coca-cola Societe yeah. Generale, and loads all of the big sudden... institutional banks and yes. people have woken it's up cheaper. to this
2: shit now, emirates though. yeah it's all very much it's just rugby's become a big deal uh, 2007 was i think the first rugby world cup in the northern hemisphere that felt like a a proper fucking because i'm sure 2003 felt a bit more like that down south but like yeah. Way more than 99. When you're getting up at
1: half seven in the morning to watch it, it's not quite. You can't quite feel. it. Yeah, when you saying. when
2: you're not walking down the street and seeing the sort of, it felt like a fucking big deal in two thousand and seven when that World Cup came. Like it was like.
1: Did you find something to do on the games? The days that the games were in Cardiff, on like when you were fourteen in nineteen ninety nine, and had to mill around the street? <laughs> did you did you did you get? Could you find more things to do this time?
2: Uh, yes, thankfully, as I was what twenty-two by this point, or twenty-one or something—I don't know. Um, yeah, twenty-one. I was more than capable of drinking. Uh, Let's be drinking, honest, drink <laughs> and all. Because when we
1: say more, to what we mean is I couldn't drink when I was fourteen. Yeah. I can drink now.
2: I can drink now, and I was very—I was very skilled at drinking in Cardiff at that point. I'd had three years' practice, and uh, I'd lived through two grand slams in that time. So I was very, very good at finding a place to go on a match day and not. That's the thing about,
1: about Britain. Everything's just a proxy reason to drink, isn't it? I like yeah. going to the rugby. What that really means is I like drinking next to a field with people playing rugby. <laughs> it's like people, like, I love going to the races. No, you don't. You, yeah, like, no, drinking you don't. Like, drinking at, like drinking next to horses. You at like did, the races. Yes. If they let you get pissed at the zoo, you just go there and do that.
2: Yes. I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure that it's advisable to go and, you know, yeah. it's more advisable to go to the rugby and drink than it is to go yeah. to the zoo and drink, I'd say. But, that know, wouldn't
1: stop as though there was a bar.
2: No. Christenings, drinking not.
1: near babies.
2: Yeah. You know, so that's what it is. What's the worst that could happen? So, yeah. No, it's Apparently, in, it,
0: apparently, apparently
2: Ireland were also supposed to have hosted two matches at the Old Lansdowne Road, but they uh, basically passed because uh, they were when they redoing it. Yeah, because they, they played, were redeveloping they played into the, into the Six Nations at Croke Park. At like Krog year, Park didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. But, it, yeah, it was just a weird one. But Again. of course, ITV were back. Oh god!
1: This was uh, Will Greenwood's first big job as a pundit as well. Was it really? Okay. Do you not remember after England? Well, come on to England beating Australia in the quarterfinals, but after that game, he was commentating on the the, the quarterfinal the night after. Oh right! And I can't remember what it was. I think it was Argentina, and he did yes. nothing but bang on about England all the way. Th- Honestly, got in that Will Greenwood way, you know, that really kind of florid overexcited, yes. Yes. sort of overly, sort of earnestly Englishman type way.
2: Yes, you uh, know. vividly and person. Yeah, like I the know, ball's just gone out yourself.
1: over the head of the touch judge, a head, like the magnificent head of Andrew Sheridan, who magnificently <laughs> held up that scrum <laughs> yesterday like a cane. It was like, that was, that was it. It was hideous.
2: Shall we talk about the squads? Before we talk about anything else, because do I do I do we... have to
1: talk about the England squad? Yes, Is that something I have to do as part fucking of
2: this? remarkable. Some of the players <laughs> that represented England at a World Cup. Perry fucking Freshwater. <laughs> and Sean <How? laughs> Perry yes, Perry
1: Freshwater. George Shields was there, Perry. but he was alright. Sean Perry was Perry there.
2: Of Bristol at that point.
1: Jamie oh, that... fucking Noon was there, forever yeah, being I've a stench done. that just will not go
2: away. Dan Hipkiss was there. Dan fucking Hipkiss. God the rest man. his soul.
1: Mark Regan Nick, Nick was still ben... knocking about.
2: Yeah. Nick Abendonen was there for the last time.
1: Yeah, Strettle got injured just before the tournament. And it yeah. actually, that was quite a loss. He was really quite up and
2: coming. He then. was, Yeah, he was good at that point.
1: And also, I mean, a... we had Brian Ashton in charge, didn't we?
2: We did. You did.
1: Whatever. <laughs> 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 um, we had that fucking kit, which made us look well, like a sort of. Pound Don't shot we, version yeah, of Swindon Town. fuck
2: the squads, this is the worst World Cup for kits. Gender, yes, like, absolutely. Aside from the Wales kit, which was fucking lovely, because it was just red with a little bit of white on the right. collar. yeah. And that was fine. Well, can't we
1: had that one-size-fits-all one that they Scotland and Australia use, temp- yeah, didn't they?
2: They had that template with a collar that looks like somebody had sort of permanently like grabbed them and pulled them to one side. And, it had and those
1: kind of like armour-type plating yeah, on the chest it was and when they got the
2: really into panels which was an absolute scourge <laughs> and, and
1: then... italic numbers
2: oh italicised numbers the worst and then of course we had the all blacks in their dreadful grey kit of infamy oh god against yeah. France uh, and then of course we had England's BMP jersey it which... was
1: so fucking bad and I said the change strip it was like <laughs> Swindon Town the yes. first kit was just fucking terrible and then in that kit was that squad.
2: Yes. Because if you look at, I mean, I mean, before I get into this, that, let's just, we let's we do just talk, this about Wales in a minute as well. We'll do about Wales people. in a minute, but, and yeah. I'm
1: Scotland actually, and um and the um, but four pools sanity had reigned. There was no more of the yeah. da- daft interstitial sort of yes, qualifying bits. Yes, it was four, four pools of five. Point. It was fine. <laughs> Top two go through. Good panel when of refs at ever this.
2: Ever allowed not to happen? Oh it's no, like, yeah.
1: But this is what happens when you're still feeling your way to professionalism, really. Yeah. Um
2: It was a good it was, there was a lot of good refs and Steve Walsh. Um <laughs>
1: Tony Spreadbury was there. Remember Tony Spreadbury? Tony, Spredbury Spredbury?
2: Still
1: there. Well, Tony Spreaders. Tony Spreadbury. Alright then boys, come on now. Get a move
2: get a ball out there. I remember at this point Wayne Barnes wasn't very good and he was... Well, if you ask New Zealand,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, but he was definitely still feeling his way at this point. Um, Steve Walsh was still a New Zealander at this point before he drank himself into becoming Australian. (laughs) (laughs) How many drinks have you had?
1: 137. You can be an Australian now. (laughs)
2: That's brilliant.
1: Um, He doesn't need a country. He's beyond nation states, Steve Walsh. He doesn't trouble himself with such trivial things.
2: I remember one of the first Twitter arguments I ever had um, was when I'd once opined that Steve Walsh was not a very good referee, and somebody who was clearly related to Steve Walsh in some way um, <laughs> took serious issue with it. And no, nobody would ever really argued with me on Twitter before. That happened to that's, me on the blog. That has changed a lot, a lot since then. When Ben but...
1: Foden's brother started arguing with me, when I said <laughs> Ben Foden shouldn't be playing scrum half.
2: He's had a good week. Um <laughs> yeah, it's a good week. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Nigel's there though
1: yeah this is probably Nigel's first big tournament was it? this? it was just he yeah. was coming through
2: you look at those old names though <laughs> Alan Rowland good riddance <laughs> Steve Walsh good riddance uh, Stuart though. Dickinson good riddance God yeah
1: he was a twat wasn't he
2: Chris White
1: sort of he was alright
2: Chris White I, he was yeah. quite
1: sensible Sprebray had that just that lovely voice you could forgive him and he's a bit like Nigel in that, because yeah. he's got this kind of voice this, that everyone likes. You can also right, give mean, him anything.
2: You could you also had Jonathan Kaplan, of course. And, Craig Zuber uh, was he there? Craig Zuber. Craig Jube was a touch judge. Right. He hadn't quite.
1: Uh, who am I thinking of then? The one who had a tash.
2: Maris Jonka. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Hugh Watkins was on the who never actually uh, actually made it to being an actually good ref despite he, the fact that he made it to the world cup as a touch judge um and interestingly i found it as i was googling hugh uh hugh watkins welsh ref he uh, <laughs> after after the world cup he was hired as the video referee on the new version of gladiators Fantastic. <laughs> which i mean of course of course you'd fucking jack in rugby after that wouldn't you i mean where do you go from there
1: and i'm glad to see that you know where gladiators go football follows
2: Exactly, you know, we're we're all we're all just sort of cogs in the eventual march to full video automation of everything. So it's so nice in to the group Then,
1: then. we yes. come into this
2: right. Mm. The
1: and they, they are, in the
2: six nations that year. France I've did. already forgotten. France, France did. did on
1: right. go, on points difference from Ireland. There was four points in it.
2: Fucking hell! I I I mainly remember that. Six Nations is just being a fucking dreadful one where the only one, we be, the only team we beat was England, and it <laughs> angered me.
1: We finished England finished third that year. Yeah, we had Ashton, that fucking kit. Let's beat back the bush. We were fucking rubbish. <laughs> we were fucking rubbish in two thousand and seven, which is a shame actually because there had been a really big sort of groundswell of popular opinion about Brian Ashton because Brian Ashton had been the attack coach yes, when England had played be- the best rugby they've played yeah. ever, probably between two thousand and two thousand and two. When basically we were killing everybody until foot and mouth killed everything else, and we had to stop playing.
2: Yeah, yeah. he basically was supposed to be the person who was going to wake you from your slumber, slumber of, of... Our,
1: our torpor of forward based rugby. Because yeah. they did. I mean, genuinely, you can. That, that know, is the one it? time when England were, were irresistible. Yeah. It was two thousand and what? Two thousand two thousand and two. So, of course, he comes in. He, he's got Viner Colo. This is peak Andy Farrell as well, by the way. Although, oh, it
2: is, of course. I forgot about that. That's, that crop of centres in that England squad is hateful. Well, get, Genuinely.
1: Now, obviously, England lost 36-0 to, to South Africa in the group games. Yes. Before this game, there was a massive problem about who's going to play outside half because Wilkinson yes. had got injured. Oli Barkley yeah. had got injured. Yeah. Cat was in the squad. Yeah. Farrell was in the squad. So it was a genuinely, is Andy Farrell going to start at 10 against South Africa in the World Cup? The answer was no, because Mike Catt <laughs> no. did. And Farrell played yeah. at 12. But Farrell was actually set up to be the kicker. <clears throat> and there was a big discussion before, and everyone said he's a brilliant kicker, left-footy kicker, he's a really good kicker, dead consistent. And then there was this massive, like incredibly like long pieces analysing the fact that the ball was a slightly different shape in rugby league so was it he was a bit fatter and so was he going to struggle and all this kind of stuff all of that in the end ended up as academic because we never got a (laughs) single fucking penalty (laughs) we didn't get one kickable penalty in this game and just just (laughs) strap yourselves in those gentlemen right strap yourselves in for this team in that 36 nil defeat to
2: south africa okay one of my favorite games ever but fullback jason
1: robinson no problem there.
2: Uh, unattached, Jason Robinson at that point, he, he was, was clubless. Well, yeah. don't
1: forget, right before this World Cup, before this World Cup started, and in the year up to it, people were making lots of noises about about Jason Robinson was kind of finished, and that people had worked him out, mm. that he couldn't, he wasn't beating men like he used to before, and all that kind of stuff. And then throughout the entire tournament, he was consistently fucking excellent again. <laughs> because actually, the thing is, there's, there's there's always a lot of talk about Jason Robinson being. Um, Having loads of natural talent and that step and you, the, the uncoachable stuff with him.
2: Yeah, and not being a, having an inverted commas rugby brain.
1: And all that, which is just nonsense. Yeah. Um, but also, people. So he and obviously he had fuckloads of natural talent, but he worked really hard when he came onto Rugby Union. And also, I think people forget that when you look at his entire career in League and Union, just what a big game player he was. Yeah. You put him he into any massive situation, occasion, and it? he fucking did what he had to do. The, the, when he came off the first started playing for England. Lions tour, World Cup final in two thousand and three. You put him mm. anywhere, and he just fucking delivers. And he did that here in this tournament.
2: Actually, from fullback, yeah. when he wasn't even man, meant to be. Play. He hadn't been the, playing the fullback the bad as well is, The mad thing is, he did get a fucking club after this. He retired. Yeah, for finished. three years. He, he Did not get he a filled. leg
1: knock? He was kind of, and Then he went to file, didn't he? Didn't he just? He,
2: he, he, he went to file, but not until two thousand and ten. By which point he was thirty-five. So a thirty-two-year-old Jason Robinson, off the back of a really good performance at the Rugby World Cup. Deemed surplus requirements by every club in the world.
1: That is unbelievable. i have yeah. forgotten about that. Yeah, Yeah. So it's anyway, fucking mad. Jason yeah. Robinson. Paul Sackey on the wing. Now look at this for a dynamic centre pairing. Jamie Noon and Andy Farrell. <laughs> Josh Luzi on the wing. He was kind oh. of up and coming. He was all right. Yeah. 137-year-old Mike Cat.
2: The ghost of Mike Katz.
1: The ghost of Mike Katz.
2: Unbelievably, we're still going at this point.
1: Former welder, and probably should still have been a welder, Sean Perry at Scrum half. <laughs> Andrew Sheridan, Mark Regan, Matt Toot Toot Stevens. Yes. Uh, and not in the tank engine way. No. Um, Simon Sh- 57-year-old Simon Shaw, who finally got a run in the England team after being ignored yeah. by Woodward for years. <laughs> yeah. Ben Kay was still there. Martin Corrie was there, kind of ambling about with a bleeding nose
2: the he was let's be honest martin curry at this point was fucking shite
1: he kept, I, I i felt for him a bit actually yeah he yeah, had cause he, be, he, he was he nothing lo- like the player been, he was in 2001 no, put it that he'd way he'd been
2: entirely behind you know, better players for his entire career and now he was finally getting a go of it and it was when he was basically he was an honest and deep felt
1: for Cory when he made him yeah. captain because he had to like he had to somehow corral all this fuck he had to, he had to like nail this diarrhea to the wall that was around him. You know what I mean? He had to somehow like make a collage out of this ruddy shit that was all around him. The, anyway the, the glorious and oft-forgotten and, oh, how England fans look into the distance misty-eyed at the memory of Tom Reese playing Reece, on the open side. The He'd have fucking, solved all
2: our problems. The last fucking good open side that England... You know what
1: Uncle Rico did? in Napoleon Dynamite says? If only that coach would have put me in for those 15 <laughs> minutes. It's like, if only Tom Reese had never got injured and had his career ended. And then Nick out at, at number eight. And then the replacements were George Suter, Perry Freshwater, Steve yeah. Borthwick... Lewis Moody, Andy Gomesol, who actually came into the team after this. Peter Richards. So we had two scrum halves on the bench. Felt scrum, bad let's away.
2: not forget Peter Richards was in an England squad. Yeah. What and then under Johnson, about? he
1: actually fucking started. Started
2: him all the time. <laughs> it was so weird. A man who literally had nothing to recommend him but his hair. And Which, <laughs> to be fair, was fucking fabulous. You've got to give it to him.
1: And Matt Tate's still knocking around. I feel sorry for Matt Tate because his Matt entire Tate. career is summed up by that one tackle, and he actually played oh, in a, so. and he played in a World Cup final. Matt Tate,
2: so Matt Tate is one of the very few players in this England squad who was born in the fucking eighties. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not saying this England team were running on fumes and close to being past it, but there are one, two, three, four, five, six players in that squad who were born in the 1980s. Like, I know it was nearly 10 years ago now, but still, that's old. Mark Regan was born in 1972. Well, he just kept coming back all the time, yeah. didn't he, Regan? I mean, there was some mad... You know, fucking Brian Lehmann
1: Steve Thompson had got that neck injury, hadn't he, after all Oh, yeah, he yeah. had. And so that's, and then, so that's why Shooter... It was a choice between Shooter and Regan, which is a bit like a kind of choice between... Do you want your hand slammed repeatedly in a car, car door, or do you want to get kicked in the bollocks or something? Yeah. I mean,
2: I've used this joke many times, but it is like the inverse Sophie's choice there. It's like, <laughs> which one of my kids can I give you, please?
1: <laughs> anyway, we crumbled like a cheap concertina in that game. We were 20 nil down at half time.
2: Did. Didn't I even what? get a
1: kickable penalty. It was, honestly, J.P. Peterson. I mean, J.P. fucking Peterson was walking through us at will. Yeah.
2: The, the, and let's be honest, he was a tyro at that point. He was like the new face, but yes, he was still team.
1: J.P. Peterson, and he was walking through. Yeah, us.
2: absolutely. I remember watching that game in uh, in a what was then called Elliot's, which in Aberdeer, which uh, had previously been known as the I know the Shot nothing and about Shell. that
1: place, but I already know it. it's fucking brilliant.
2: <laughs> it had previously been called the Shot and Shell, and is now uh, known as Jack's Music Bar in uh, in Aberdeer. Do they have live and music there? They do have live music wow. there. They also have a mural on the wall, um, that has it's not a very good mural, and it, a part of the mural it has a load of uh genres of music like jazz and funk <laughs> and soul. Like just just painted on there. But the best part is that they spelled reggae wrong.
1: <laughs> I want to They've, ask, but I'm not sure what the answer. How have they spelled it?
2: <laughs> they spelled it R E G G A Y uh, A E. No, EA, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say EA's yeah, right. Reggae, yeah. Reggie, <laughs> yeah.
1: Because it'd have been great if they'd done it with a Y because it looked like somebody's Reg, written Reg, Reg Gay. Gay. Reg Gay. <laughs> and Reg Gay. No. Reg would have come in and not been very happy. So
2: I was in there seeing a band before Christmas and uh, I just looked up and I was like, fucking spelt reggae wrong on the wall. And they were like, oh, yeah, they have. Nobody's noticed. So, yeah, but so anyway, that I was in, in that there, was what... I just remember being delighted because I hadn't seen England be this bad ever. I was used to England being boringly good. You know, we this was like, even when you were not that good for most of the post-2003 eras, you were still usually quite hard to beat. I'd rarely, very rarely seen you be that There's a good happy. argument that can be made that
1: up until this World Cup, we were the worst world champions that has ever existed in any sport <laughs> ever. Honestly, yeah. and I'm not even trying to be flipping yeah. about it. We were fucking, we went from winning the World Cup to immediately losing on tour. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a, you know, so... So, yeah, so that was that team. Now, that team did, we'll come on to this later, but that team did change, particularly the back line, significantly as we moved through. The
2: thing. It, 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 it was a remarkable transformation through the tournament to becoming, going from being absolutely shit to being not quite a shit.
1: And he said a lot. I mean, um, Farrell was symptomatic of this. I mean, I've covered the Farrell thing before, that he kept. Mm. Robinson brought him in at the age of fucking 30 with an injury <coughs> and then didn't even know what position to play him in. It was just yeah. because of some nebulous notion about leadership. Yeah. Which he does have plenty of.
2: Absolutely. But it, and it's he, like, knows, and he, he clearly knows how to organise a defence as well. He does, but... yeah.
1: And he had a brilliant game against Scotland in the Six Nations. A brilliant game against mm. that Scotland team, to be fair. Mm. Um, again, we'll come on to that in a minute. Yeah. He then had a terrible time against Ireland, but then again, so did everybody. But he got in the Six
2: Nations when Ireland yeah, batted. Ireland England. were good that year. They were,
1: yeah. And quite what happened in this World Cup we'll come on to oh, that again, know. yeah um so then off the back of this then everyone was having a go at him about this, and he had no pace at this stage, and he wasn't no, even that he, was the he thing hadn't that been a back in, he hadn't been a back in rugby league for ages yeah he was- he was he then came off the bench versus Tonga and scored a try, he was then selected for Australia, and everyone particularly Matt Dawson, went ape shit, so I was very happy he was selected because that made me <laughs> quite happy um <laughs> And then he got injured his calf again. He got another injury before the Australia game. Never played for England again. So that was the last of his eight. That, he played eight matches. By then, this time, he was 32. I think he retired from Saracens at the end of that year.
2: Yeah, sounds about right. I remember him retiring quite early and it being very obvious. There was one just... game
1: when when Owen came off the bench and replaced him in a Parker Penn Shield game for Saracens or something. Oh, right? that's nice. Um And I've said this before somewhere, and I'll say it again here. It really fucks me off that Andy Farrell, as a player, is a fucking punchline to a joke to the vast majority of the rugby-watching public. Because the vast majority of the rugby-watching public are people who follow England in major tournaments. Yeah. And that's the legacy that him as a player, to the vast majority of the rugby-watching public, has left behind this slow guy who nobody knew what to do with.
2: Yeah, when and actually that was kind he's of my... the
1: greatest one of the greatest rugby athletes this country has ever fucking produced.
2: Yeah, um, but you saw him in a union game and it was just like, oh, he's very slow, isn't he? Yeah, and that was that's my prevailing memory of him. He in was English playing years. for a
1: pro- as a prop at Wigan when they signed him. He'd moved. He used to play. He used to play loose forward or outside <laughs> half or second row. He moved into the second row pretty much, and he was a prop by the time they signed him. It was just such madness. How could you may... spend that much money on somebody and not know where to play them? To Thank God we'd learned but... all that. Pro- all, we'd learned all the lessons from that <laughs> uh... in twenty fifteen. So uh... anyway, sorry, I went off a total fucking
2: yeah. run. So let's Shall we talk about the? I'm not sure what to say about this Wales squad for this World Cup because it had paper... Will James
1: in it. That's there's nothing else. <laughs> to... <laughs> there's nothing
2: else That's... to say. <laughs> it's it's sort of a mix of the sublime and the ridiculous because yeah, it had. Will James, it had Alex Popham, it had Gareth Cooper after that five-minute period where he was excellent. <laughs> Nippy. It had Jamie Robinson. It, you know, there was yeah, it, it somehow still had David James in it. See he what
1: again, for 10 minutes, he was meant to be the thing for the outside yeah. center berth forever, Jamie Robinson wasn't he?
2: Yeah, and that never you know that had Sonny I, I got a lot of time for Sonny Parker, but that had Sonny Parker in that squad as well. Who was. But David James, God bless him. He was, like, good very briefly. Like. Hey, top really... scorer in the
1: Heineken Cup, he was, until Van Clerk took him over, then Tommy
2: Bowman. Oh, he? he was actually. He was very good at club level, and he played for the Lions, don't forget. He wasn't very quick, was he? But he played for the Lions in 2001, mm. and by 2007, <laughs> that was not a. You know, he was 33, 34 at that point. The
1: weird thing with Gareth Jenkins was, he was the
2: coach... And he was one t- of three wingers in the squad. Mark Jones, Shane Williams and David James were all the wingers we took.
1: Mark Jones should always be suffixed with, oh, what a
2: shame. Oh, what a shame, that fucking... Because <laughs> oh, is,
1: oh, it, oh, fuck. well, is it, his career ended too soon, didn't it? Because he was a yes. fucking good player, actually.
2: Yes, and he's also scored a few... He nearly scored one of the greatest tries ever. Oh, there I is remember. that as well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, um, but Yeah, that that Wales squad was weird as fuck, and it yeah. had a lot of brilliant players in it. It had fucking Alan Wynn-Jones, and Ian Evans, and Ian Goff, and Adam and Duncan Jones, and Geth, and... And T. Fucking... Thomas.
1: No, sorry, and, that,
2: that note. And Dwayne Field <laughs> and Mike Phillips, and Stephen Jones, yeah, yeah, and Jake yeah, Cook, yeah. and Shane Williams, and Gareth Thomas, and...
1: Gareth Thomas had a fucking appalling tournament.
2: Oh, he was absolutely dog shit. Maybe and he was in
1: the middle of his term, his most the middle of most of his turmoil. Then that's what I think. Yeah. To think.
2: and Matt Reese as well. You know, the proper future lions, and we were just shit.
1: Like, <laughs> but, also, but the weird thing was it, as well. This should have worked because when Ruddock was appointed in 04, everyone wanted Gareth Jenkins then. Yeah, and then when it all turned to shit after, weirdly, you won a Grand Slam, and then everyone decided that Ruddock was a terrible coach. Yeah. Um, he went, and then everyone got the man they wanted, which was Jenkins.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, the decline between 05 and 07, it can't just be because Michael Owen was out of the squad, was it? But um,
2: No, he was back in. He was back in for this, wasn't he? was wasn't back he? in yeah. for the World Cup, yeah. Because um, well, that, that was the big thing that um, Ruddick claims he did, was that he took Michael Owen out of the second row and put him at number eight and just said, you're a fucking fabulously, naturally talented rugby player. Just throw it around a bit, mate. And then and he that's... threw a missed pass, and it defined his entire career. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, um... But but yeah, that they were so there was so much talent in that Wales squad, both established and to come. And they absolutely, you know, and let's not forget uh, that with some minor adjustments, this team won a fucking grand, won a fucking grand slam the like the biggest minor adjustment
1: yeah. being having Warren Gatland as their yeah, coach. Warren Gatland as their coach, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I'm reminded of Gareth Thomas's brilliant quote about Ruddock in the aftermath of him going. <laughs> well, he said, is it, is it,
2: "Where are your sources?" <laughs> no, it's not that. It's, it's, it's a,
1: just note, note the inherent problem with what he says here. Ruddock did not take responsibility and did not give enough credit to the team. Yeah. <laughs> so you've just totally contradicted yourself. Yeah. yeah so You should have took responsibility, but then given loads of credit to us as well.
2: Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah,
1: Wales yeah. didn't get out of the group famously. No, however, that Fiji lasted. team were a fucking glorious, glorious.
2: They they were, and I we're gonna jump around a little bit here, but like yeah. that final fucking group game. Oh, like okay,
1: you fell into their trap. The Jedi mind yeah, controlled
2: what was the you. Thing? It was it was like. Yes, it was one of the best World Cup games ever. For those of you who don't some... remember,
1: Wales had to beat Fiji to get into the quarterfinals <laughs> of the final group yeah. game. And they and got pulled Fiji. into a game of Fiji rugby with Fiji, yeah, I... which is really my... not a good idea.
2: Yeah. I, I remember Eddie Butler after in his Guardian column after that game, calling it a Celtic Pacific folly. that's I do, I do pretty love pretty Butler for stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was a game that was crying out for just common sense and pragmatism. What, in other words, what everyone else was doing Imagine in that world. Imagine how fuming world. Alan, Alan
1: Wyn jones was.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, and instead, we just lost our fucking minds and decided that we were going to try and out-razzle-dazzle the bloody Fijians. <laughs> and like, th- this, that was stupid enough. But then, in the last like, 15 minutes, when the game needed to be fucking shut down like Fort Knox, we were still going mental. <laughs> and Fiji, you just settled down a bit, and we like, "Oh yes, yeah, just kick some goals, lads." And they had Nicky Little just banging him over, and then the, oh, the thing. This I, is I the said, kind of
1: breakthrough tournament for a Benny and yeah, Ungera. and Gera. Um, Gera was fucking amazing oh, in this tournament. I think it was after this he went to Gloucester, I think,
2: wasn't it? You look at that fucking Fiji team, and there are for phenob- they're they're everywhere. There's some brilliant and some absolute not just, ballers. You know, you've got Sorelli Bobo, you've got Rabeni, you've got love, um, fucking Nicky Little, who was. I think, where was he was Was Nicky Little at Bristol at that point? No, Can't he remember. wasn't. I was think wasn't a very good player, but he just no, he, but he knitted it all really together. He was yeah. the fucking glue for that. Because he was the only one who seemed to go, right, no. lads, <laughs> can we just, like. <laughs> Just kick some goals and play for the goal. I'll say,
1: Ungera for the entire tournament was just glorious. Carry, break down, everything. He was just spectacular.
2: And they had, uh, what's his face? Tani Tillet as well. It was playing for Doncaster at the time, for God's sake.
1: And ironically, the guy they'd lost. Ungera was
2: playing for Pertemps Bees as they were. (laughs) You know, (laughs) they were were a team of phenomenally good, you know, aside from like Seremiah Bay and players like that who fucking played at Claremont. Yeah. Uh, and De La Salle as well. Like They were
1: unknowns. And the guy know. did lost, of course, Civivati, won a horrible tournament for New Zealand.
0: So. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, th- th- that game, as I've said many times on this podcast, I broke a sofa in my student house. Oh, that was that game, wasn't it? Yeah. was that ga- Because what I game thought when was, Martin, though. Willi- when you Martin entirely,
1: Williams... You had entirely had yourself to blame.
2: Massively so. That's why I was really angry. Because when Martin Williams... Scored that uh, long try, the intercept. Yeah. I thought we'd won it at that point. I was like, seven minutes left. We've just fucking put the nail into the coffin. Let's be sensible for five (laughs) minutes and win the fucking game. And we shat it away. And I was so fucking angry because it was like peak Wales at that point because that's what Wales always did. Wales got themselves into good positions and then committed fucking Harry Carry, And it's so weird to think that Wales have not entirely shed that, but they don't frustrate me nearly as much as they did. At Gareth this Jenkins didn't era. give
1: you any kind of idea, give you any confidence that he knew what the problem was. That's so they used to no. come to these, he used to come out and have this and just talk this, just this bland sort of nonsense.
2: basically. Yeah. But like, yeah, it was very I know, it was show as he was a shit world cup, he got sacked, as far as the world's concerned and rightly so and everything turned out all right in the end.
1: Who'd have thought that sacking your grand Slam women coach because the players had saw their arse a bit <laughs> might not pan out too well? Yeah, of course you were that. speaking of great rugby sometimes breaking out, you were on the wrong end of one of the best tries of the tournament against Japan.
2: Yes. Where oh, they yeah.
1: where they ran round the back of Alex Popham and nicked the ball yes, off Mike did. Phillips and just went the entire with some of the most that thing that Japan do occasionally if yeah. you give them broken play, they're quite happy to throw 25-metre passes off both hands on the run yeah. and everything. They're yeah. just incredible. Their skill
2: levels are very, there was a big problem at this World Cup, though, really, where people were talking quite a lot about how, whether the World Cup was still sustainable as a 20-team thing because of the sheer number of uncompetitive matches.
1: There weren't weren't as many in this one as there had been previously, though, I don't think. Not in terms of the the cricket score-type ones, I mean.
2: Well, you say that, but New Zealand won their group by a combined score of 233 points to 21. Yeah. (laughs) They put France put sixty on Georgia and eighty on Namibia. Australia put sixty on Fiji and ninety on Canada. So
1: I say that, and I'm wrong. Basically, is what you're well, saying. Well, I think there
2: might not have been so many, but I think there were a lot. I think more it's because there was no, there were no
1: triple were, figure ones. Not many of them like there has been before.
2: Yeah, New Zealand put a, I think put a hundred on somebody. Might have been Portugal though. So you know, fair yeah. news. But like, yeah, it felt like there was a lot of talk that the gap between Tier One and Tier Two was getting unmanageably large, and maybe.
1: And then Argentina it, came along which we'll cover.
2: Well yeah and it's you know there was there was some ridiculous things like New Zealand and Australia blaming the sort of powder puff nature of some of these group games for them getting knocked out because they were saying you know, oh, yeah. you know and you know to be fair France and Argentina both came out of the, what was the pool of death at that point and made it to the semis so maybe that you know there's definitely probably some truth to be had in if you have a good workout in the group stages you're probably more together the big problem with the New Zealand team in this tournament was they fucking rotated too much and nobody a
1: good side. I mean they're always good sides they aren't they were really when good that, that, I mean, was, that was a very good, for all the, very you know, good
2: in the last in the last two podcasts we talked about how they were very good sides and they were very good sides the New Zealand 2007 side is the complete how the fuck did they not win this side because that New Zealand side would have beaten anybody. And it would have beaten all pretty much, even with Joe Lomu, I reckon that would have beaten the...
1: Yeah, because the team that played lost to France in the himself. quarters, we'll come to, it's Leon McDonald at fullback, back Rocco Mully Aina, Luke McAllister, Sivivatu, Dan Carter, Byron Kelleher, Rodney Soyailo, McCaw, Collins, Ali Williams, Reuben Thorne, big, hard bastard. Um, yeah. Carl Heyman... <laughs> Yeah. Anton Oliver, yeah. Tony Woodcock, yeah. and off the bench you've got Andrew Hall, yeah. Tia Lata, Chris yeah. Jack, Chris Masoey, yeah. Brendan Lev, <laughs> Nick Evans, of course, who then came to the premiership and tore it up. And Isaiah Toyeva. I mean, that's such a fucking good team.
2: Yeah. They are <laughs> astonishing, you know. And they were very you know, going wrong, they were very unlucky in that quarterfinal to lose basically everyone. To injury. Like, they lost Dan Carter and Nick Evans, for God's sake.
1: And they lost McAllister to the bin. And they, they lost McAllister
2: to the bin for 10 minutes. And then, so then, then no Wayne Lynch. Barnes
1: didn't penalise anybody for the last... Yeah. Ten. They basically laid siege to France's line for 12 minutes and no yeah. penalties Wayne came. Wayne
2: decided that there would be no penalties today. And then they did weird shit, like playing fucking Mills-Million at centre instead of playing him at fullback mm. in that...
1: In that game, yeah.
2: yeah. And, and it kind of felt like they were... It was such a weird game because, like i still like Let's not take anything away from France. They were... Like, doucher in that game was...
1: He was everything unbelievably
2: good. Yeah. good. I mean, he, he did that fairly like that.
1: regularly. But he was yeah. rim- ridiculous he was in that abs-
2: game. Like... And, yeah, every, they lost Jerry Collins as well in that game to injury. Like, they just aimless. They didn't have any fucking plan. Well, they, they had a plan B. But they didn't have a plan C, I guess. And I think like the sort of I was saying at the start of the podcast, you know, it wasn't a great tournament for fucking rugby, and this was a kind of this tournament was kind of like when like brawn beat brains a bit, you know.
1: Well, we'll come on to that I, as we go further and in, deeper into the tournament, actually. So hold that thought, but yeah, um, Scotland. Oh yes, who were also who were custodians of the fucking terrible Canterbury kit with the panels on
2: they which were, was exactly as we're, as the same as kit as
1: Australia's but a different islands,
2: colour and, and islands and South Africa
1: I mean that's just disgraceful yeah how do these unions not say no fuck off I'm not having that
2: and a lot of them do now which is why you notice a bit more variety but at this point this was when Canterbury was in like template heaven <laughs> and <laughs> they just fucking everyone had every Canterbury team in and template the heaven, Canterbury, they are in
1: the pub by the sound of all, things fucking enjoying doing Canterbury, no work
2: All the Canterbury Club teams had this exact same fucking template as well. I got so bored of it, I fucking hated it. Anyway. So
1: Scotland. Now in the Six Nations this year, they'd finished bottom. Yeah. They lost 37-17 at home, at home to Italy. Yeah. But then they beat Wales. Yeah. A Wales team featuring Chris fucking Chekai, by the way. Yeah. 21-9 with an all-Patterson kicks dry humping.
2: Oh, my God, that game. <laughs> the worst game of rugby ever.
1: <laughs> well, it's got some competition in this tournament, I think. But the yeah, it's most
2: like... hateful game I've ever... Like, and I include myriad unwatchable games that Wales have played over the last couple of years. That game, the Chris Patterson Bowl, is still the worst game I've ever seen. Fucking appalling. So Scotland
1: had Italy in their group. So the big panic for them was because they've always got to the quarterfinals. Scotland,
0: yes. So
2: the
1: big panic up to this point. So the big panic for them was, oh no, we oh, are so bad. <laughs> what are we going to do? They lost 40-0 to the Kiwis yeah. in the first game, in the, in the game in the group game. But I mean, again, look at the team that played that Kiwi game. Al- going from the prop, Alistair Dickinson, Scott Lawson, Craig Smith, Scott McLeod. The hundred and fifty-seven year old ghost of Scott Murray as Bucking captain and his inexplicably enormous ears, like a Ferengi from Star Wars. Um <laughs> he was a captain. Kelly Brown, John Barclay. John Barkley I forgot how long John barkley has been around John for. Barkley
2: has been around for ages.
1: The number eight who was solidly in this team for a year, who I have no memory of whatsoever. I know we have Scottish listeners, so please let us know. David Callum. C A L A M.
2: See, I remember, I have no si- I remember of him. Simon. I remember Simon Taylor, who played for Stad. He was also in the squad. He had a, Yeah. But I do not remember. I could not pick him out of a police no. lineup. If, if just he was on Never Mind like the Buzzcocks
1: in that lineup thing, I'd have no idea. No maybe fucking maybe idea.
2: One fly off in that squad, don't forget. But what a fly off! <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Parks. man, the myth,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the pointed sideburns that is Dan Parks. So they are, in this <laughs> game
2: this had been the time when everyone in Scotland was playing in orange gloves? Probably. What? With that penalty kit. Yeah. Hit. yeah so Custerton Nikki was Vist. at scrum half.
1: Patterson yeah. was at 10 for this game. But obviously, as you say, Parks was on the bench waiting his time. <sighs> Simon no, Webster, Webster at 11. And get this right. Jesus. Number 12. Simon An-
2: Webster's not even a winger.
1: No. Th- number 12, Andrew Henderson. Mm. Number 13, <laughs> Marcus DiRolo. Rolo. Oh. Oh,
0: number 14,
1: Nicky Walker. who was all right. And number oh, 15, Hugo <laughs> Southwell. Back it Who's obviously a villain from a Victorian spy novel.
2: What did Sean Lamont do to piss people off at this point? Yeah, that's true.
1: Not wear, not wear orange gloves. Probably.
2: He's in the squad, but fuck me. Like, the bench for this game
1: was Fergus Thompson, who I don't remember, Gavin Kerr, Jim, Big Jim Hamilton, Ali Hogg. Jim. He was good, actually. Rory Lawson he was and so. the great Dan Parks lying in wait. He was waiting for the quarterfinals for, to do the most stupid bit of fucking play you've ever seen in your life. and We'll come on to that in a minute. <laughs> Up to that point. Yes. So they did manage to scrape through because Italy returned to form and Scotland managed and to actually get themselves
2: Yeah, and they beat the best of the rest after getting humped by a yes. mild, mildly bored New Zealand team by that point. Yeah, and else was in
1: that group? Was it Romania and somebody else? Crap.
2: It was Portugal and... You think uh, it was uh, anyone, I
1: can't remember I thought, that. Anyway.
2: I I thought, know I, this, I've, but... got, I've got the fucking... Groups right here. Why am, why am I even asking? Yes, uh, Italy, Romania, Portugal, Scotland, New Zealand.
1: I mean, really, yeah. I, mean, I know they'd lost to Italy that year, but to knock out of that group would have been, have been
2: have, absolutely put disgrace. in
1: stocks at Edinburgh Castle yeah. when they got back. Yeah. So they did anyway.
0: Acast recommends podcasts we love changemakers is a new podcast series with me claire mckenna talking to people who stand up speak out or challenge us to think
1: a
2: little differently
0: it's about the greater good families and children respecting their
1: own individuality
2: in the next couple of years like i hope i never have to have conversations about racism ever again i just want to get to the stage where you know people are just people
1: nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together.
0: Change Makers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Um, Now let's get on to Ireland. Yes. Ireland, who we've already mentioned, had lost out on the Six Nations that year by only points difference. Had, yes. unfortunately, the misfortune of coming up against an Argentina team that were wearing the rugby equivalent of Billy's Boots. Do you remember Billy's Boots? You're probably I, too young.
2: I am too young, but they were certainly Billy's big bollocks. Billy's Boots point. was,
1: a, was a, <laughs> a, a cartoon strip in Scorcher magazine. It was a football, magazine, a football comic. About magic. I was boots. more of a match
2: man, if I'm honest.
1: So. About Billy had these magic boots that would take him to the correct position on the field and everything would be brilliant when he had his boots on. And that's, that's basically what had happened to Argentina in this tournament. If you're going to explain it this much, it's probably not a very good uh,
2: <laughs> analogy, is it? <laughs> but let's be honest that best moment, probably best moment in this World Cup, was the opening game. Yes. Like, genuinely. I mean, obviously, some people would probably say it was Wales, Fiji for entertainment value. But the total disbelief that I just remember, I remember watching that in my now father-in-law's living room with him. And we were both just kind of like, this can't happen, surely, can it? This is supposed (laughs) to be like Argentina, we're supposed to be credible, but they're not supposed to be.
1: Yeah, you're not supposed to have a nice Maniacs. run of it with them, but
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're supposed to give you a good game and then roll over, not be manically fucking intense on defense. And just honestly, best 10, uh, 9, 10, 12 combination in the tournament. Absolutely. Pichot, the momentarily effervescent Hernandez. And Felipe Contopomi. And, and yeah. oh, Glorious. That is an absolutely. I'm going to say it. That is a fucking sexy 9, 10, and 12 combination. That's a sex axis. That's got, that's got a everything. A saxis. <laughs>
0: that's
2: got everything you want. It's got the little general in show. It's got the sort of loose fucking yeah. do what he and wants. not he'd only just come into 10 quite yeah, he was for the tournament, really, I think. Yeah, basically. And he just did what he wanted in a sort of like so brilliant way. Spiral kicks
1: 70 metres off the outside of his boot, that kind of yeah. thing. It was just and ridiculous. You,
2: yeah, and then you had the old war horse of Contopomi who kicked fucking everything. And defended
1: incredibly and defended well. Incredibly his defence was well. unbelievable. Yeah,
2: and could still throw a pass off both hands as well and be a perfect second playmaker. They were unbelievably well balanced. And played and they next also, to his
1: brother. I often wonder if you didn't get on with your brother I in that situation, shit. what would you do?
2: Yeah, that, it was weird. He that you are looked... like, prick all the way through it. And also, it. just like a sort of realization of was it Manuel, his brother?
1: Mm, oh, yeah, it was. I think he had to go now. I can't remember what his name yeah. was.
2: There's got to be a bit of a fucking, you know, you know that your brothers are fucking hell of a lot better than you. <laughs> deep down, you know, <laughs> Manuel Contrarome, it was, yeah. When you're playing for the Newman Club in Argentina, and he's fucking. Do
1: you remember Marky Evermon for
2: Leinster.
1: Remember Marky was coach of France, and he and he capped his younger brother. Yeah, because Mark and Thomas had both had caps, and then as soon as Mark got the, got the job, he gave his younger brother a Give cap. His
2: younger brother a cap. He must have
1: up. had like a bollocking off their mum. Oh, right goodness. now you've got the job. You can't leave him out anymore. He has to have a France cap, like you've got. Yeah, but mummy's really shit. Doesn't matter.
2: Don't care. Do not care. you If him this isn't sorted
1: by next Sunday, you're not coming in for the <laughs> fucking dinner.
2: Right, so. Yeah. So, so back to Ireland. Amazing. Yeah, but go on, yeah. So,
1: yeah. Argentina just. They won all four games in the group, qualified top quite comfortably, out of nowhere, yeah. in a way. I said they were meant to be a bit gnarly and difficult, but they
2: just. Yeah. They were just spectacular. That you know, fucking Argentina pack was monstrous Oof. and remains monstrous. Fucking. Ayeza and Ledesma and Roncero and Albacete and Fernandez Love. <laughs> both both, both, both Fernandez and yeah.
1: The big one and the even bigger one. <laughs> yeah.
2: And fucking Leguizmon. like Patricio I'm, Albacete. A monster. Sethi, fucking huge bastard. <laughs> like uh, a horrible pack.
1: And then that like rain the sort of dynamic Leguizmon coming off, off the bench and stuff. I mean, you know, very,
2: very good team. Yeah. Could have done better. Like, could have done better. Like, could have maybe gone all the way. South Africa just looked very comfortable, I and mean, we haven't talked about them much yet. But they just looked like ev. Well, that's because there's nothing to talk about with South Africa. There isn't, is there? Like, they the they just kept turn- turning
1: up and comfortably winning.
2: Yeah. They never ever looked like winning. Losing well, uh, not winning, sorry. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was like. I just don't. Yeah, I've got nothing to say about that team really. They were like they. Should we talk about Ireland?
1: Yeah, so Ireland lose to Argentina, um, and then lose to France quite convincingly. Yes. Labour to a horrible win over Georgia and Namibia.
2: Yes, and end oh, up not getting out of the group. Those two fucking games against Georgia and Namibia were, Oof. and you know, not an Ireland fan. I quite like, you know, deep yeah. down. I quite enjoy watching, like, particularly that vintage of Ireland that had fucking Darcy and Adriscall and Gervin Dempsey and Gervin Dempsey and you know, and fucking Ronan O'Gara. But well, you know, but you know, they were Ronan O'Gara know, they was a were... top
1: try scorer in that year Six Nations. That tells you everything you need to know about the tournament that year.
2: It's no wonder that the Elvs came in like eighteen months later, as shit as the Elvs were. This World Cup <laughs> and most of what had happened in rugby at this point basically said, "Fuck me, something's got to change." You that know? France
1: team that comfortably beat Ireland as well mm. had the audacity to leave Yannick Jozier on the bench and play da- and play that plank of Wood Damien try at twelve and still oh beat God. Ireland, bastards.
2: But yeah, I, I I that Ireland team had loads of talent in it and. And it was a fairly
1: straightforward like, choice first fifteen yeah. as well. It's not even like there was yeah. a lot of you know there was a lot of like controversy and difficulty. No, you,
2: you look at that, you know. You look at the obviously you've got fucking Peter Stringer, Ronan O'Gara, fucking Gordon Darcy, and Brian Driscoll. That picks itself. Dempsey, Hogan was he? Yeah. Sure? Dem- Dempsey Hogan and has it been Dennis Tickey at that point I'm guessing or Andrew Trimble yeah he was a coming force Andrew Trimble at that point Donico
1: Callahan, Paul O'Connell
2: yeah John A's <laughs> still there <laughs> Uh <laughs> yeah. Jerry Flannery Frankie
1: Sheehan was he playing in that team
2: yes Flannery
0: yeah. Sheehan Marcus then, Horan
2: you know, yeah yeah, flanker-wise, you've got fucking Easterby, Ferris, Quinlan, Wallace, David Leamy. David Wallace, such a
1: good player, David Wallace.
2: You know, you know they were really... I never that read it back... Easterby
1: much. I never quite understood how he managed to get so many caps, to be honest.
2: When yeah. you think of, when you look at a back row of Quinlan, Wallace and Leamy, that should have been fine. That should have been able to
1: stand up to most things. Yeah. But they were but awful. They and were and, really and looking, looking on from I've... the sidelines, Eddie yeah. O'Sullivan just incre- increasingly looked like... Louis Walsh's idiot brother attempting to put a band <laughs> together to rival Westlife <laughs> and instead always ending up with like a 14-man ensemble of men farting into watering cans and wondering why it wasn't working.
2: Basically, yeah. And there was also Isaac Boss, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> now, and,
1: Oh, and In Redding started a few per- games as well, didn't he? This
2: brings me to the perfect segue of my belief that this was the worst Rugby World Cup in history for haircuts. Right. There was Eyes, up- of up- given, or- Eyes of bosses are given, obviously. Well, you had rat tails. You had a lot of those mullets that were in at that point where they were sort of yeah. a little sweep back and then the, the mohawky there was a- on the top there thing. There was a lot of mohawks going on. There was a lot of sweepy fringes. It was- it's-, it's everything I remember about 2007 in hair, to be honest. Hmm. Like, I remember all of those haircuts. A lot of men having
1: their their hair razor cut.
2: Yes. And a lot of highlights on already (laughs) light hair.
1: This is the perfect period for all those Wales players getting married pictures, wasn't it?
0: Yes. That hair in like a white
1: suit.
2: It's perfectly in the Shane Williams wedding photos era. Yeah. I I genuinely think this is the worst World Cup for haircuts. And, And by all means, send me your nominations. Preferably with pictures of the haircuts, but I'm I'm standing by it.
1: So yeah, Ireland inexplicable and awful, just awfully bad. And not genuinely inexplicable because they were okay in the Six Nations. It can yeah. only be the coach. It can only be the coach.
2: Can only, be, and it's the same with Wales. In both cases, it could only have been the coach's fault because the players there were very good.
1: Let's uh, move on and talk about um, before we move on. Sorry, and talk about quarterfinals. Let's just quickly talk about. Tonga, just to mention them, because they were great value this year. They, were they scared run, the shit out of everybody. Remember Finau Maka? He was fucking brilliant at this tournament. <laughs> this and was, was playing the... Division 2 in France or something and was just terrifying everybody.
2: That was the great thing about... Like, Samoa weren't great, to be honest. Like, but And Samoa were the team... Samoa were the Pacific Nations team that had the most... Like, most of their players played at a decent level. Like, True. they had... Like Census Johnson and Joe Takori and Dan Leo and um fucking Henry Tuilagi and toala and Soyolo and uh who else they got? Fucking Brian Lima was still, still playing at this going. point. Jesus <laughs> and Gavin Williams and uh, all of the two and Tagathakaba and David Lemmy, like they were all playing at a very high level and yet they were shit. Yeah, and that
1: was a good game, to... actually. Samoa Tonga. It was right it from was. the kind of um, the, oh, yeah. the, the the challenge dancers at the beginning. I don't want to say hackers because they're not in those countries, are they? Um, it was just on fire. Yeah, and the the massive giant shitbag Epi Taione was there as well.
2: <laughs> yes, he was. I love him. Oh, I call God. him a shitbag, but he was fucking yeah. nice. But you look at and somehow they were like. The Samoans were very poor, but Tonga and Fiji, who had much less... Like, Tonga had a fair few players that, you know, we knew. But they just had so much more about them than that Samoan team did. They were just and, yeah, really I mean, fired up. Yeah, they They were just so fired up. They fucking really This was their...
1: Them. this For for Tonga, this felt like Samoa in 91.
2: Massively you so, know, actually, like They were yeah. trying to
1: prove something after... Cause, up until that, like, I remember like ninety five. To, what Tonga used to always do, and they did it in this tournament as well, is they'd look okay for about fifty minutes, then and then the wheels
2: would come off. Well, then they just start
1: trying to kill people, yeah, because they didn't they were tired, so it was easier just to try and kill people or something. <laughs> I don't know. So, but this was this was moving away, and they just they were just a very good team. It sounds like I am slagging mm-hmm. off, but I am not. It was a no, tiring. they were. So, yeah, so, and again, in a tournament that, as it went on, got progressively worse. Mm. They were, you know, when you look back, they were a kind of beam of light on all of this, really. Yeah.
2: We talk about teams that should have won this World Cup. All Blacks, obviously. Mm. How Australia absolutely shit the bed. The, tea, the squad they had, absolutely inexcusable that they didn't win this tournament again. Which brings us so, on to the quarterfinals, I suppose. We can start yeah. with that, can't we? Yeah. I mean that fucking Australia team. George Gregan, Stephen Larkin, Matt Gitto, Sterling Mortlock, Ashley Cooper, Takiri, Drew Mitchell, Chris Latham. Well you forget Elson. though,
1: in that quarter final, Beric Barnes started.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. Still
1: That's a no, not a terrible team still, but... but he
2: was uncapped he was uncapped coming into that yeah. tournament. But that fucking pack, you had bloody Chisholm and Dan Vickerman and Nathan Sharp and Rocky Elsom and George Smith and Whitecliffe Palo. But, and...
1: you also had the fat useless cunt that was Matt Dunning.
2: <laughs> and Al Baxter, for that reason, who's still one of the worst props I've ever seen. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. I mean, England's scraped past Australia simply due to Sterling Mortlock's kick fading in the last sort of 10 metres, which yeah. I was delighted about, don't get me wrong. Yeah, And, I come back to the aforementioned Matt Dunning being a fat useless cunt, basically, because <laughs> but having said that though this what we did is we England kept the ball away from them for quite a bit of the game and they still nearly won that's how shit England were, all we could do was hide the ball we couldn't do anything with it other than like, basically just keep it away from you
2: well that was like the it, having gone through these World Cups a bit now it reminds me a lot of 91 where they had a fucking horrendous moment early doors, i.e the South Africa game first time around. And so they just went, right boys, this is going to go badly unless we play the most hideously negative anti rugby possible. And And Johnny's back now. So we can just we can just leave it at hopefully just kick some goals. I
1: mean Jason Robertson was literally the only player doing a thing with the ball.
2: They were like I was fucking delighted when you lost the final because not just because I, I'm a fucking massive Welsh Norse, but because it was just like, you cannot. It was sort of in, in, in a sort of slightly different way. It reminded me of England at this Football World Cup in that I, I enjoyed you as a team, but I thought you can't win it playing this averagely. <laughs> it's, it's a well, disgrace.
0: What we, did was,
1: we dragged every, we didn't get any, we got a bit better than a South African game. And if you look at the teams, the back line when it comes out against Australia has changed to so Robinson, Saki, Matt Tate, Mike Catt, Wilkinson and Gomisle and Lucy still on the wing. So actually, apart from the two, apart from the back three, everything else has changed.
2: Yeah. And it's substantially more... Gomisle played very well in this tournament, actually. Yeah, he did, to be fair to him.
1: And and it was his kind of moment in the sun, really. Mm. And he... um. We did get better than in that South Africa game because, Christ, where else would you to go? If you're going to get any worse than that, you'd have to kind of oh, dissolve yeah. into a sewer or something. But uh, the, <laughs> the... but what we did is somehow everybody got conned into, into playing as shitly as we
2: did. Yeah, you were, There you was became... nothing about what
1: we were doing which should have challenged anybody, apart from we were quite muscular up front, but everyone knew that about us anyway.
2: But that, this is what I was saying. This World Cup was a World Cup for that you know you look at south africa they didn't play brilliant rugby they were just completely big
1: they Had a plan. And... jake jake white had a plan yeah,
2: yeah. and, the, and the, the, there is only one jake white plan and that is to find the biggest men in south africa put them slightly in, behind the ball make them run forward and then kick some goals and then throw everywhere. your hat in the ring
1: for every available job that comes <laughs> well, up well yeah them.
2: of course and and you look at you know the two teams that made it to the final but the two teams that kind of were the best at arm wrestling. And I think, you know, you you say that you weren't very good and you weren't very good, but you became very good in a very short period of time at bringing teams down to your level mm. in a sort of, yeah, you, you upped the physical intimidation and the physical element and the set piece element of the game to such a level that teams just got pulled into it. And teams got, you know, rugby is a very macho, very testosterone sport and I think that you, you played a blinder to be honest
1: Sean Perry
2: had disappeared
1: from the squad entirely by this yeah game. what happened to him and Andy, Andy Gomes had to play 80 minutes of every game because when they looked at the bench she went shall we send Peter Richards on no <laughs> Andy you will have to should stay have on thought, lad shouldn't <laughs> should have
2: thought so no yeah so again yeah it's just do you remember was it was it Will James or was it one of the Quinnells that threw Peter Richards into touch It was one
1: of the Quinnells, I think. Was it Craig?
2: Was Craig... I'm going to have to Google this now. It was a
1: big, bald fella in memory, so it could be... Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't Scott, I don't think. It's Craig or Will James. Will James only got in the squad because he was playing in the Premiership. Yeah. There was nothing else about...
2: It was Gavin Quinnell. Gavin Gavin Quinnell puts the the rubbish out. One of my (laughs) favourite ever YouTube videos. Oh, it's glorious stuff.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, he simply got in because... Well, he must be good because he's playing for Gloucester and they're good at the minute.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Peter Richards was playing for Gloucester as well. Sorry, I'm just de- delighted in
1: he watching... Went to Gavin- London, was, he went to London. He was in
2: London Irish by now. <laughs> right, I I he might have been at London Irish by then. I was just delighted in watching Gavin Quinnell literally sort of wheel around like a sort of windmill right. and throw Peter Richards into touch. This stuff.
1: is going on for ages, but I don't care because there's so much no, to talk about it's in 07. Right.
2: There's so much to talk about, whatever.
1: So we managed to get through this, especially
2: and when I make diversions into watching videos about Gavin <laughs> Cornell. So yeah.
1: So off home Australia went. They should have done better.
2: Really should have. Andy showed Andrew showed got
1: man of the head. match in this game. Did play well. Mm. Lived off it for the next god knows how long.
2: Yeah, that, solid player. But good. everyone
1: some people imagined he was this kind of fucking overweight protein shake wizard after yeah. this game, and he wasn't. He just came up against. And again, I go back to my point. The fuc, <laughs> Matt
2: Dunning.
1: He was a horrible bastard as well, Matt Dunning.
2: Yes, and he's lost all the weight now. You know yeah, that? I've heard
1: that. Yeah, he's skinny to... as
2: fuck. It's weird.
1: I think him and Lottie Takiri have a big fight in a bar once.
2: Probably. I mean, that he's absolutely. A really scans. disagreeable guy. That absolutely scans. So yeah, why not? Oh my god, he's got. He's done that thing that like. Happens when fat people lose a lot of weight, where his head just looks way too big for his fucking body. Now to be the thing honest, is,
1: because Australia do have to maintain a certain percentage of shithouse in their
2: squad, don't they? Oh, massively so. So as and... as
1: Wendell Saylor eased his way out, they yes. eased Matt Dunning in, basically. And,
2: that... <laughs> and you know they still had, you know they still had some some dickheads in. They had Mark Chisholm in there, who let's face it, was a bit of a prick. <laughs>
1: They had Smith, it was a classy prick. You love I kinda of liked it about him. Shithouse, yeah. but I could you, yeah. He, he yeah.
2: Did it. Rocky Rocky Elsom, shithouse, let's be honest.
1: Yeah, but not like but, but in, not as a player,
2: not in a kind of yeah, gobshite Not way. in a, not a Wendell Saylor kind of way. Not the, go, it's the gobshite that, thing, isn't it? In many ways that's what the modern Australia team are lacking. Now they've just gone for like homophobes and drinkers <laughs> instead of shit houses, you know?
1: People who piss on bars. You need yeah. more of it. actually, the only one they've got is Nick Phipps. He, yeah, you can't take seriously enough as a gobshite. No, so You're not talented enough that, to be a gobshite. Remember
2: that time you pushed the medic over? What a prick! <laughs> you were, the end, the, tell you what is amazing about this fucking Australia team that they they had quite a lot of injuries. Right, one of the players that was called was on reserve in case of injuries in the main squad. That mercifully, or tragically, depending on your way of looking at it. <laughs> Was sitting there waiting for the call to come to the Rugby World Cup. Was it
1: Cameron Lilly crap?
2: No, I wish. <laughs> it was Sam Norton Knight.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, oh, I could have had a, a cigarette paper away.
2: <laughs> Along with good players like Pallotta now and James Horwell. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, so People forget as well we, about this England we squad. Were, we were a fucking Julian Huxley or Chris Latham injury away from a Sam Norton Knight World Cup.
1: Laurie, the thing about Ashton, right, Brian? Going back to England for a minute. The thing about Ashton is that I do think he had that Lancaster thing of being nice but a bit weak.
2: I completely agree with you there. He always seemed like a really nice yeah. granddad.
1: He's from he's from Lee, actually, where I'm from. He played for Tilsley, but he's um, he he because Delalio ended up back in this squad. Yeah, and he did it basically through the media. He made enough noise with his mates in the media that he, he he still deserves his chance, his experience, and then and then he crept back in. Mm. He played against the USA and was fucking rubbish, and then got dumped. And then was back in again for Australia, and I do think there's something about Ashton that when he came up against these really strong characters, yeah, he didn't. He did, so he in a needed, way, I'm...
2: he needed a Woodward to be the sort of bastard in that, and he was probably the arm around the shoulder type. He suddenly yeah. he strikes me the sort of bloke that will always have a word as original, you know. <laughs> yes. Have you got a sweet Brian? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so, I just yeah, I don't think he had and, and you know obviously. obviously
1: Robinson- later.
2: And obviously Andy Robinson was also a cunt. <laughs> so like he was obviously the nice one of the three. And it just didn't And when he was an attack coach
1: probably worked and he made everyone feel relaxed. Just relax. Yeah, yeah so, and that's what you gotta do when you express yourself, you know. Anyway, so that yes. was England who scraped through and on Australia went. And as I said, we just dragged everyone down to our level, which will continue as a theme as we head into the semi-finals. Oh, yes. Um, New Zealand versus France. Now, here we go. <sighs> We've already talked a little bit about this. Ducatois was
2: unbelievable. Unbelievably good. Yannick
1: Jojon was back in where he belongs. Damien cool. Tri was at fullback, the most lumping fucking piece of shit you've ever seen in your <laughs> life. Poitrono <laughs> was on the bench while he had this lump play. But they won, so I suppose you can't complain about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Again, we've gone through what that New Zealand team was like. Really, this all changed when the fucking Freddie Michalak show started. When yeah. he came off the bench. Yeah. And also, actually, no. Do you remember Sebastian Chabal's performance in The Hacker?
2: I don't.
0: remember. What was he doing? He was that? stood yeah. in
1: the middle. They all had their arms around each other's shoulders, as they do. Yeah. And he was stood in the middle, basically. Does it? Does do you do you use the term me mowing in Wales?
2: I don't think we People do. People
1: get, no. t- like you say, the, the, you know, it's a very Lancashire thing to say. Tell our bloody Paul off he's me through the window. And basically, <laughs> it's like pulling faces. Okay. And generally, like, like through the window. And stuff. Yeah. He did that the entire way through yeah. the hacker. Like, I mean, gnarled and pretended to the- Did, like, biting movements. And was like, argh, argh, <laughs> all the way through it. <laughs> and it was brilliant and he was actually on the bench that game for this game I think as well yeah. which made well, it even better because he, he was like
2: he came on at the end and like won a turnover and it was and like the entire stadium, stadium lifted off the ground
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah it was amazing but again you look at that French team right again you talk about some fucking bastards in there you got Olivier Melou, right Ibanez <laughs> he's just fucking T-card isn't he yes Peter de Villiers it did stolen from Palouse who didn't have a great yes. tournament but was still Fabien no. Palouse Harry Fabian that translates up yeah. by the way. They
2: had Poo. They had Poo, don't forget. Yes. Jerome Baptist. That's his Poo on the bench. Yeah.
1: And I'll come onto the bench in a minute, but you had Jerome Tion, oh. Serge Betson, Thierry oh. Dusautoir and Julian Bonaire. as kind Fuck, of you, you, that's the
2: fucking that, is of it. Julian Julian Bonair always looks like a man who is literally just been pulled out of like being a concentration camp guard in a World War 2 film. <laughs> Not that, we're like, say, not that we're saying that's He's not a here. Nazi. He's not no, no, a Nazi. He just, but if, if you put him in a Nazi uniform in a film... If he went to an agent, he he'd would say look. that's
1: the parts that you're going to get you.
2: spot on for an SS officer. You look at that face, there is something sinister and so got that intimidating so, about him. The so back, back
1: yes. row is and St. Doucetois and Bonaire, which is like a yeah. beautiful handful of just hard Absolutely bastard hands bad. class. Yeah. Um, and then off the bench, you unload the bench, and what comes on? You've already mentioned John Baptiste Poops, who's pretty decent. Schwarzewski comes on, looking like Barry oh. Gibb. <laughs> Shabal comes on, being that. Schwarzewski
2: was still a joke at this point for basically having. Only that because hair, of the hair, he was still a good yeah, player. Though. He was still a good player, but Aaron was on the serious. bench. Aaron Odeke, Now there's a lunatic. The Basque shit house was on the bench. <laughs> oh, didn't his dad get into a fight? His dad ran.
1: Yeah, his dad ran out of it. when he, a oh, fight started. Yeah. His dad compiled it in, which is yeah. magnificent.
2: That was it. Glorious stuff. Anyway, Went yeah, to Toulouse never should have happened.
1: Then you got Haymans, Boxy, Joe's, John, David, Marty, Vincent Clark. Demian Tribe. try. But so again, and this is the thing. Yes, that was a good New Zealand team, but France had won the Six Nations that year. Yeah, they were a good, a good team. Run, they'd had a good run for three years anyway, and and then of course the, you never quite know what's going to happen with Freddie. He comes off the bench on sixty-eight minutes and immediately completely transforms the game.
2: Yeah, and let's not forget he was working with Jean Baptiste Elissard, who. Yes. I mean, you can say a lot of things about Elissard. He was a good servant for France. Um, <laughs> he was bald. He, he played wherever you. He played wherever <laughs> he was asked, yes. regardless of his suitability for it. He was bald. He was. He's definitely bald. Um, he's forty now. Can you believe that? And he's even um,
1: more bald. I'm guessing.
2: <laughs> now I'm guessing completely
1: yeah. and utterly cue bald now.
2: Um, and you mainly got the sense that he was getting picked for France because his dad used to play for France. <laughs> but yeah, and so Michelin just came on with that and just went right then. Now, should we talk about like, this? Is the
1: Freddy this this is the beginning, of course, of uh, the long running. Uh, love affair between New Zealand and Wayne Barnes, which started yeah. in this game. One with the forward pass in the handoff yes. from Michelac for the try, which went to Jojon for the try.
2: Which I mean, clearly is a forward pass.
1: I know, I don't think so. I still think it goes backwards at the end. It ends up going forwards, but I think if you look at the direction of his hands, I think it, it, it's as he's falling. I think he actually pushes it backwards towards his own line, which is what the rule was then.
2: I'm going to watch it again right now.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm literally going from memory because I know <laughs> I'm correct.
2: So, um, uh, Yeah, I see what you mean, actually. It looks like...
1: forward. I know what you mean. It looks forward. If you think if you're going to break it right, really break it down, he is, he's, he's falling towards the, towards the New Zealand line, and I think he pushes the ball towards his own line, and then the momentum kind of brings it forward.
2: Yeah. But
1: I, it was unusual I, I, not to see them given, I will say that much at that
2: time. Yeah. It was more I, I could see if I was a New Zealander I would more have an issue with the refereeing of the breakdown and the offside line than with that particular for And the refereeing of
1: the mall in the last ten minutes. Oh yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. When, when
2: you watch it when you watch the highlights back, you're like how how Wayne? <laughs> Why is have you, you, you lost the pee
1: from you? your whistle, Wayne? Yeah. How is? That? Are you in a fugue uh, state? Do you know why you're still there?
2: Particularly when they're right at the end of that game and the New Zealanders are absolutely camped on that line. Oh, and it's unbelievable! Yeah. France are in off their feet constantly, <laughs> and I mean, how how did that not happen? Like it should have been a seven million penalties. Not the New Zealand that anyone can com- but...
1: compare this with ninety nine, don't they? And it yeah,
2: wasn't. it's not like it's not 99 like at, at all. all. No. In Apart not, from
1: in, it, because they weren't like getting hammered no. massively. You know, and it's and just, also, um,
2: France weren't effervescently brilliant. No, they, they just were,
1: had a couple of lucky goals. Just,
2: yeah, and then a have, referee
1: that ignored them for, Yeah, <laughs> for the best part of 15 minutes.
2: Basically it. The best and you can
1: say is I think that Wayne learned a lot from that game.
2: I think, I think it's made him a better ref in the long run.
1: Yeah. South Africa played Fiji.
2: Yes, which was a good game which actually. Because Fiji, Fiji scored moments. a
1: couple of fucking blinding tries. Well trials.
2: absolutely they were it was basically over as a contest by about the fiftieth minute, and then Fiji decided to just score a fucking the Dela Sau Bobo just scored two <laughs> blinders of tries and then South Africa went, hang on a minute, I just scored more <laughs> and, It says a
1: lot about the South African team that they won this World Cup with Jacques Ferry at thirteen. I mean, yeah. have you seen him? I mean, perfectly competent player. Yes. But have you seen Should. him all lump and fucking centre than that? Fucker? Yeah.
2: He could, not, like, for all that. He was Jamie Roberts before Jamie Roberts <laughs> was Jamie Roberts, you know? Yes. He Butch was James just... at
1: 10. I mean, to be fair, Fury Dupree was outstanding.
2: Yes. But, um... Fury Dupree was outstanding. And Butch James had his moments as a test player. Not that many, but he had <laughs> he had some.
1: They were just they were just a magnificently efficient machine. Yeah, It never they looked were. like losing a game. You look at
2: that team, and again, you're talking John Smith. You're talking, Oz talking Durant. Os Durant. You're talking Yanni Duplessis. You're Matt talking both are Botha and Matfield. I
1: eat babies, Botha.
2: Yeah, Joanne Smith, Shock Burger. Dan, fucking Danny Russo.
1: See, you forget Danny Russo, don't you? Yeah. It was his tackle on Queto in the final, actually. Yeah, it was.
2: To. And um, they had players like they did players on the bench, like fucking Johan Muller and fucking yeah. uh, Bobby Skinstad, who was very good as well. You Stein know, Steinkamp. Steinkamp, <laughs> um, and of course they had uh,
1: Ruan Pino, the young Ruan, Ruan Pino, oh.
2: young Ruan Pino on the bench, and Ricky January, of course, beating his <laughs> way across France, no doubt. <laughs> was he still thin then? I think he was. He probably was. He, actually, when did he come to the Ospreys? Because it wasn't much. Lo- it wasn't much after that. Cause I think it, he,
1: he needs about a month off to put three stone on January. He's one of them,
2: and he he ten He's minutes, a
1: mate. he's a Matt Latissier. He, half an a, hour after he, he, is, he stopped playing. Yeah. He's
2: a fucking yeah. I I don't know. I don't know what happened to him after this World Cup, but he just ate an eight and eight. God bless Argentina
1: him. Argentina play Scotland. Andre Andre Pretorius.
2: Was the reserve fly-off for this South Africa team? says
1: a lot of that, doesn't it?
2: That really does. Anyway, yeah.
1: Also, Argentina beat Scotland in a fucking horrible, horrible, <laughs> horrible game of
2: rugby. Yes. In, in, a, in a theme that we come back to again and again in this World Cup. The law of diminishing returns. Somebody beat somebody in a fucking horrible game.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, however, it was very close to the last minute. Scotland were going for the line. Mm. The ball comes to Dan Parks, the magnificent if- pointy sideburned genius that was Dan Parks who decides to do a shit or bust ship into the corner in the last minute with his team six points down that managed to be both shit and bust yeah which I think only he could probably achieve I mean where did
2: what at what point there was at st- I what mean
1: there was only 90 point? seconds left right so alright yeah. but they were like 7 metres away
2: from the line yeah there's always a chance you They had can get to score a, a try, I know they yeah. did, but Like
1: it Yeah. It was I just mean, classic sums... Dan Parks, isn't it? That just you No, know, the career one perfectly, time we we just want you to be
2: Dan be Parks. Dan Parks, yeah. Just you to, do, to play you do this. Play the percentages. Just be sensible. No, you're gonna try a speculative chip. <laughs> I mean that was the game where, you know, nothing really made much sense because I seem to remember Chris Patterson trying to run occasionally, which never ever happened. So I mean, maybe the whole team just had a little bit of a a sort of funny. He was back on the then, wasn't he? he was, yeah. Which was a really bad place to put him. I'll say politely. For our Scottish listeners. They just had to put him in anywhere, didn't they? I know. That was that was the thing. If I'd been a Scottish I kinda fan, like Chris Patterson. I got a lot of time for Chris Patterson. He most like cat the most player sportful. never
1: to on a lions tour. That's the
2: yes. best fact about Patterson. It is and it's an entirely it's entirely representative of his level of talent. <laughs> because blessing. he wasn't he wasn't good enough to go on a lions tour. But he was good enough to play loads of times for Scotland in an era where they were fucking. In every reading. position apart good. from prop, ev- Basically. And that, and that was. The th- I, I would have been so frustrated as a Scotland fan at that time. And it's just like, we can't trust anybody else to kick our goals. And kicking goals is all we've got. So we've got to find a place for him somewhere, even if it's fucking starting at number eight. And that that must that's so. Such, you look at this Scotland it, team. Who was this, coaching Scotland at this point? Frank was it Hadden, Hadden, It was
1: the Hadden, Hadden years. Hell, <laughs> the, he did this a, give way to the Matt Williams years? It might
2: well have done. God, poor God. buggers. God.
1: <laughs> Scottish, Scottish listeners know, out there, you don't know. Hey, how I'm not. Good. I can't fucking. Neither me nor Josh in this period could talk because this is a. No. Even though we got to a final, it was still a disaster in many levels.
2: Absolutely.
1: But if you, if you look at the Scotland team that played in that quarter final, the two Lamonts, Simon Webster, Rob Dewey, Chris Patterson, Dan Frank: Do
2: you know what the Frank Haddon era did actually give way to? Was it the Robinson yeah. era? Yeah, it was the Robinson <laughs> era, followed by the Scott Johnson era.
1: So Williams was before Frank Haddon then? What's yeah, the
2: it, was, it was Telfer, Geach, Williams, Haddon, Robinson. I just remember Johnson. marvelling
1: then, at the volume in <clears throat> Matt Williams's like Quiff parting. Never moved. Yeah, Never moved. Huge. But Sculpted look, blonde parting.
2: Enti- entirely like unrelated here, but let's look at the Scotland coaches since 1980, right? I've just brought it up. Jim Telfer, 1980 to 84. Colin Telfer, 1984 to 85. Derek Grant, Ian McGeehan, Jim Telfer, Ian McGeehan. Literally, <laughs> for That's 20 left. years... For 20 years in Scottish rugby, the fucking, the telfer McGeean fucking monopoly was broken by Derek Grant for two years. That's, you're not really, it's no. one of those, who's there, who's available? But it was it,
1: because it was, it, it was, was amateurs, the amateurs, it amateurs, wasn't it, it? it was lot like, yeah. So you go back this to because <laughs> he lives near the training ground and he only works part-time. Yeah. Got... This
2: is up until 2003. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway, anyway, um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, what
1: you look so about is, this, this the pack's not bad actually. This is Ross Ford's start. and Murray was decent, Nathan Hines, yeah, Jim yeah, Hamilton, yeah. Jason White He was a big hard bastard, yeah, Ali was. Hogg, decent, Simon Taylor, classy. Um, Simon Taylor was a good player, wasn't yeah, he? yeah. And he he'd, well, he'd, he'd been the shot call up in 2005, hadn't he, under mm-hmm. on the 27,000 person tour. But the um, what you notice is there's just too much of it that's just competent at best, yeah. Yeah. Know, there's not much pace there. Is the there's not much stardust there.
2: And all of their wingers were effectively big lads. There was absolutely no subtlety. You know, you had... You I had mean, Sean Lamont was yeah. perfectly competent, wasn't he? But, you know... Yeah, Sean Lamont, big lad.
1: Patterson, not a big lad, not a quick lad. Not a
2: big lad, not a quick lad, Did not a winger. Did I mention he can kick goals? Not a winger. Nicky Walker, very tall man.
1: Wasn't he at Ospreys for a
2: while? He was. He was Ospreys for ages. He he was our record try scorer. He might actually still be, or he was, until uh, Shane Williams overtook him, I think. But, yeah, he scored a bag load of tries for the Ospreys because he is big and quite quick. And so he could just stand out on the touchline and score a lot of tries in the Ospreys teams of that era. He then went to Worcester, and I think to Glasgow as well, and did not score many tries because... He was playing in substantially less good teams at that point. And I but think I that think was kind of his Scotland career in a nutshell as well.
1: Horrible game. And if you're gonna play against a team that you need to be you need to out horrible, this Argentina yes. team is not one you want to try and out horrible at this stage with that pack. No.
2: no. And he he didn't there was just no there's no zhuzh about this no. Scotland team at this point. And no. God it, it's something it makes you appreciate what Scotland have now, you know?
1: Yeah, and a combination of the coaching they've got and that little sprinkling of stars, which every team needs. You know, you've yeah, got to have somebody yeah. who can light it up a bit, haven't you? And pull yeah. people with them when they do. Absolutely. Anyway, so that's the quarterfinals. Yeah. We go on into the semis. Mm hmm. Where. Another South Africa amazing game. Basically battered Argentina.
2: Yeah. Who basically
1: shot their bolt by this point. Argentina
2: had gone way further than they were expecting. Yeah. And although this is uh interesting on a uh on a sort of weird coincidences slash statistical things, uh all of Argentina's points scored by a Contopomi, just not the same one. True, yes. Manuel scored the try and Felipe scored everything else.
1: Whereas South Africa put thirty seven points on the board.
2: Yeah. Through numerous
1: different methods. Yeah, through and Brian
2: Abana just going, yes.
1: He was so good in this tournament, by the oh, way. we talk really... about the fact he was an, thought... it was an ordinary-ish team, but he was, he was wonderful so in this tournament.
2: Oh, good. He was, like, made the art of fucking interceptions look ridiculously easy. This is this when team. he
1: became what That guy. He became, guy. He? He that, became that Brian Abana in this yeah. tournament, didn't he? Yeah. He became the superstar that everyone knew he, he was going to be. Um, meanwhile. So the, meanwhile, speaking of horrible games and laws of diminishing returns... England played against France.
2: Yeah. Before
1: this, it all got very weird. Before this, you had... This is when Kenny Rogers turned up in that Swindon Town shirt singing oh. The Gambler. Yeah. Because remember the story was that Matt Stevens would sing to them on the bus because oh, he kept learning yeah. songs when he couldn't sleep at night for
2: some reason. Yes. Uh,
1: in the first two minutes, there's a fucking horrible kick, and Josh Lucy basically just like wonder why some... Matt
2: Stevens couldn't sleep at night, by the
1: way. <laughs> exactly. So you picked up on my joke there. Well done, Josh. Yeah. That's why yeah. we work so oh. well together. The, yeah, we um... <laughs> got there
2: in the end. Sorry.
1: <laughs> the um Lucy powers. The, everyone starts to get interested now, don't they? Because they're yes. going to be shit for ages.
2: Yeah, and, and all everyone, of a sudden,
1: everyone it's starts it's getting interested. Kenny Rod just yeah. fucking turns up somehow. Yeah. Um
2: Weird fucking.
1: He thing. also had not seen Kenny Rogers for ages, and he turned up in this video on a Telegraph doing it, and his face had completely changed. He'd gone to have it. He got he, he, his big beard had gone. <clears throat> he'd gone a goatee beard. He had loads of plastic surgery. He was unrecognisable. <laughs> And in an England shirt, shirt. and and telling yeah, him about Matt the Stevens test. to send And in
2: that thing, and he wasn't just in an England shirt. <laughs> he, was in he, the, was in, he was in the he swirly was in the raspberry
1: test. ripple, yeah.
2: And and it was like a test shirt as well. So it wasn't like they'd given him <laughs> like a sensible collar, they'd given him yeah. one of the fucking <laughs> skin a full type. And everything. Yeah.
1: I think he just had his fucking jiffy sucked I, I, on so he was alright.
2: I, I seem to remember that he was just like he his eye, his eyes were like fucking piss holes in the snow. Oh, you yeah, could barely yeah see.
1: he basically had a fucking massive jubilee clip <laughs> on the back of his head holding his face back. <laughs> Terrifying.
2: Oh, weird. Yeah, weird. and his hair, he weird. had more
1: hair than he'd ever had. And he, yes, just, it, was it, was more, so it was so weird. He had
2: more hair than at any point in his life and none of it was just And he's own. had a
1: lot of hair. That's, it's, yeah. it's just so odd. Anyway, um, so Lucy smashes over in the first minute off a kick. Yes and it's ugly and it's horrible and it's it just that tried kind thing. of summed up everything yeah e powers true. over q fucking 78 minutes of horrible shit with france basically winning the game by boring flat france to death france must yeah. have felt like they were playing a game of monopoly yeah i reckon after 70 minutes somebody probably said to like wilkinson do you want to just fucking count the money cuz we're all yeah. fucking bored now and if you've got more money you're in the final
2: 80,000 people in the stand de front <laughs> to watch that Bag of shit
1: Honest to god They had more ball and everything
2: Yeah But But then And then there was All this bollocks We defended well To be fair And to be honest I mean The thing You can can slag England off They were both Defended very well You can slag England off Right
1: But I mean We had been Fucking humiliated In that South Africa game To turn this around Was quite something But
2: we were still terrible Impressive achievement Like In terms of Mental fortitude Like You absolutely Had to take your hat Off to them like, they were you were a very good, like, you weren't a very good team, but it was an incredibly impressive turnaround given the fucking pits of dog shit that you've been in.
1: <laughs> so, it finishes 14 9. There's that try, yeah. which you know just about manages to get the deserves the adjective <laughs> of a try, <laughs> yes, or a verb. Look, will
2: drop goal at the end, don't forget, of course, just Wilkinson to remind people that he France still got get it
1: anywhere. France couldn't get anywhere and score. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they were a pretty beast in France side. So for England to keep everybody out, is it it, was really it? Well. Was it after this game or the Australia game when Nick Easter said to the "I'd like to thank the press on the heart of my bottom." So it's like, mate, if you want to make yourself liked, why the fuck are you doing an impression of Nick fucking Faldo? Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like I know what it's I'll a do.
0: Really good I'll go out in yeah. public and I'm, pretend
1: I'm, and, and and take a fucking lead from Nick fucking Faldo. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, exactly that. And that was, I think, the thing. You know, a turnaround like that in most circumstances would be really easy to get behind. But the problem is that a lot of this England team seemed like a massive pile of arseholes. And the fact that and we they won been... this
1: game is even more remarkable when you consider that Lucy went off injured at half time and Dan fucking Hipkiss came on.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, don't speak ill of. <laughs> Of England's great <laughs> loss center n- right.
1: Not that against Dan Hipkiss, but <laughs> fuck me he was ordinary. Oh my god.
2: He was ordinary and he, he was regarded for far too long as the second as the next big thing. He
1: was kind of the Brad Barrett of his day,
2: actually. He massively was actually wasn't he? Except he wasn't as nuggety
1: as Barrett and stuff, but he was Barrett
2: got Barrett got a lot more done in an England shirt than <laughs> yeah, Dan Hipkiss. He did didn't do it. that
1: much, that tells you a lot. No.
2: No, well, he scored. A, you
1: know, he scored against the All Blacks. You can't moan get that, can you? But actually, no, of course, no. then in a few years' time, uh, Hipkiss no. and Arinley would start against the All Blacks. Let that one sink oh, in. And Peter Richards,
0: the and Peter Richards.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. So we won That's... that game. It yes. was fucking horrible, and it was. And then we somehow found ourselves in a World Cup final.
2: I couldn't believe it. Before we get I don't to think that, can it.
1: before we get to that, just one, just just I think an honourable mention to the third place playoff, right? Yeah. Because, because Argentina are not arrogant cocks. Yeah. They basically lapped that game up.
2: Yeah. They were like, what, another game? Fucking Brilliant. get in there.
1: Scored some lovely tries. It was a cracking... they were really up for it, really yeah. bouncing. Because for them it was like, yeah, because it's too often it's like, oh no, fucking yeah. play this. We game can win yet. the bronze we can win yeah. the bronze medal. We could at be the, the third world best Cup, team lad. in the fucking world, lads. Come on. Yeah.
2: And this it took five years for them to get the recognition, but that this you know, finishing third was Arguably the moment where people went, Oh god, yeah, maybe we should take Argentina a bit more seriously.
1: Yeah. And yeah, and a, a remarkable tournament for them. Yeah. On to the, the final best, we the go. The best
2: part about it by far was Argentina. Everything else. Oof. This final. And a few
1: decent tries with this final, man. Oh.
2: I I, I,
1: I, I decided that because I was living in North Wales at the time and I thought I have to go to England to watch this because I cannot stand to go to the pub in North Wales and watch this because it'll just be awful. And as Fair enough, D'Angelo fine. Barksdale's mum in The Wire says, you know, you should be among your peoples. So that's what he says. So I went to a pub in Richmond and then realised I wasn't among my peoples. I was among people in fucking Richmond. So, um, <laughs> but I went down there on my maze and I got very drunk and it was just dreadful.
2: See, now I have never actually seen this game. I've watched the highlights, <laughs> but I, w- I was at a wedding in Newcastle on the day of the Rugby World Cup final, which in itself made me very cross. Don't get me wrong. But as if that wasn't enough, the best man was a big rugby fan and so had banned all talk of the game from the venue because he wanted to watch it when he got home. (laughs) And And he banned all talk of any TVs showing it. So there was literally, you know, we were in the middle of fucking, we were in an agricultural college in the middle of fucking Northumberland somewhere who and, the fuck
1: gets married in an agricultural college
2: mate yeah he's not my friend anymore <laughs> um i haven't seen him since to be honest so i wish i hadn't gone um <laughs> that was i mean the agricultural lovely, college a, you had me at
1: agricultural college yeah, but the time they got man. into like, you're not watching the rugby well that would have yeah. been it
2: he's, he's now a, uh, a free evangelical church minister somewhere in deepest Scotland. why do you always so seem to uh, be
1: associated with christianity at some point in your life We'll get oh, into that
2: maybe one day. But... Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, we can do a, a rugby life here on my checkered fucking Christian. Back, but that's best not. That's best not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was at this fucking wedding. There were no TVs. There was. We weren't allowed to talk about it or say anything about it. And so I'm sitting there with my half South African, half English mate, who is very much more South African at this point. Um, And I've got a. Like you remember when mobile phones first got the internet on them? Yes. Wap. And they still they still Is yeah, that WAP enabled? I was I I I was I had my wap phone and I was we were sitting there for the full 80 minutes of this game just refreshing on my pay as you go fucking wap phone <laughs> the BBC Sport website Oof, trying to I get bet
1: you ate that credit up quite a bit.
2: Oh yeah. But yeah, it was just the weirdest way to watch a rugby game because it would take you ahead of your time uh, in many ways, Josh. I was a bit, but it it took about five minutes for a, a web page to refresh.
0: <laughs> it so was like just text. literally yeah.
2: just get literally getting updates roughly every five, and quite a lot would happen in that time. So you'd be like, "Fuck, what's happened? What's happened? Has anybody scored?" No. And then I, I remember <laughs> the full time whistle thing came, and my South African mate then had to go out into the car park and run around celebrating on his own because he wasn't allowed to give the fucking result no, away. I
1: mean, that is living, isn't it? That's how you experience your, your team winning the World Championship, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Fuck that best man <laughs> for being a right fucking arsehole about it.
1: So I went to this pub in Richmond, and actually, yes. it was actually, to be fair, I was joking before, it was a brilliant, actually, classic rugby-watching-in-a-pub experience, because yeah. it was like, because it was Southwest London, there were loads of staffers, and it was really friendly, and we kind of mm. knocked each other around a little bit, vocally, obviously, we went to a fucking pub after, ended up in a club, got the night bus home, we were chatting to South Africans on the night bus. It was a really kinda of great rugby experience, actually. Yeah. Even though we lost. Far better than the actual fucking game. Here's the question. Was it better than nineteen was it worse than nineteen ninety nine? Because we established that that was one of the worst games of rugby ever, the nineteen ninety
0: nine final. I think you've not
2: seen it, so you can't say. But I think from what I can say, it was a worse game because nineteen ninety nine didn't have TMO shambles. This yes. is arguably the first most like really memorable example of a proper TMO fucking controversy in rugby. And maybe I'm maybe I'm totally fucking. It's the missing. one I
1: remember the most. And it was, the... even by today's standards, it was a long time because Stuart took... Dickinson likes being on television.
2: Yes, an awful lot. And it took ages and I mean, I think I got it right. But, you know.
1: But I mean, if you want to if, if kind of talk about a final, a tournament getting the final it deserves, right? There yeah. were no tries in the final. Nope. There was a 127 minute TMO fucking ruling. There was like, that was, I think, the first example of binge watching in popular culture <laughs> was that TMO ruling. We were all yeah. saying, oh, God, I can't, no, put the next episode on. What happens? Try yeah. it from the other angle. You know, it was kind of that kind of thing. <laughs> And then at the end of all that, Percy fucking Montgomery finished as top score, top point scorer.
2: Yeah. Let's be honest, with you. The, can we just take a moment to remember the abject misery of playing a team with both Fran Stein and Percy Montgomery in it? <laughs> I'm like, amazed
1: I didn't jack, jack in following the sport there and then, actually. My team had just lost
2: to Percy Montgomery. And they, those fuckers would just kick anything from everywhere. It was so dispiriting. Oh, you've got a pen. you've got a penalty ten yards inside your own half, way up to the right. Oh, Franz or Percy <laughs> step up. Bang. Do it in two stages. Oh, Percy yeah.
1: you will you hit it the first thirty metres, then yeah. Franz will volley at the last seventy.
2: <laughs> it's just like Yeah all the tmo controversy and all that that was like the worst it massively thing it wasn't
1: that. a try I mean, it was never it was a controversy no, it was never, because it took yeah, so long yeah it took 20 ages, minutes to I get could... the right fucking yeah. angle
2: yeah it took ages and it fucked in. and i remember re- being there on my the fucking wap phone, <laughs> just refreshing it and going well, i said they've gone to the tmo here but nothing's happening so it must just have not refreshed the website must have
1: broken no yeah,
2: no no <laughs> I must have run out of credit or something. No.
1: So the ball spun all the way left to Coeto, who dived in, dove, dived, yeah. dove, dove. Um, Danny Russo comes over, yeah. gets all of him last-ditch tackle, cracky tackle from number eight, actually. Yeah. Um, and then there was a hole for, was he in touch, wasn't he? And when you saw it from, when he finally got the angle from behind him down the touchline, yes. it's as clear as day that his foot touches the touchline and comes yeah. back up again. So why yeah. people were still fucking moaning the day after, I think it's just because they didn't want that... To be true, I can understand
2: yeah. that. But yeah, I I understand not want like being angry about something because you don't want it to have happened, but it did happen. So yeah, but yeah, a hateful final, a fairly shit tournament. Yeah, I... so bad that it inspired the Elvs. Let's let's not beat around the bush here. That's true. I do think I think
1: in a way it wasn't worse than ninety nine because at least there was some drama.
2: That's true,
1: actually. Amidst all of the attempting to force lumps of concrete through a wrought iron gate, there was a little bit of drama, because that's what it kind of yeah. felt like.
2: Yeah, although 99 had France... Here's a stat for you movement. for this final, by the way. Yes. Here's a stat for you.
1: People who say England should have won that final, here's a stat for you. In that final, England yeah. lost seven of their own lineouts.
2: Jesus fucking
1: Christ. No team
0: deserves to win team. the fucking England team. second
1: team league game in in West Division 4 in England, never mind a World Cup bloody
2: final, if you lose seven that's of your own lineups. That's disgusting. That's genuine. You look at that... So the best team cool. won, though.
1: There's no argument. It, was, it wasn't yeah. nice to watch, but you can't argue with it. They were quite comfortably the best team.
2: Yeah. I mean, you look at the stats, it's like, you know, all their own scrums, all their own lineouts. won. <laughs> they had a banner, You know, yeah. They had, they three had eight, 81 and 97 tackles they had one both teams made one line break which is just fucking
1: <laughs> it's just such a and that was probably an accident.
2: Yeah. And they kicked and between them they kicked 102 times in that game.
1: <laughs> and I come back just... to the point. The top point scorer in the tournament was Percy fucking Percy Montgomery. Montgomery.
0: <laughs> um,
1: oh. Jonathan, uh, Johnny Wilkinson became a top scorer in all World Cups, by the way, in this tournament. Oh, yeah, we did,
2: yes. Yeah. And was still manfully just trying to do his best. So At off least.
1: England went, which what would look like on the face of it is a successful tournament. Because you got, yeah. you know, think about how England, you got you mentioned England Football World Cup recently. Think about mm. it, they get semi final, everyone's fucking got bunting out for them. He comes yeah. Ashton comes back to Lawrence Delalio immediately afterwards shilling his book oh, by publicly awesome. slagging Ashton off, saying that he couldn't make decisions and stuff. That might be true, but it's still just... Do you know what I mean? It felt shitty. And then what happens? Inevitable happens. Who, yeah. who gets a fucking phone call to actually look into what the problem is? <laughs> Rob fucking Andrew. <laughs> so he comes in. It took him about six months, I think, to get... to. They left Ashton dangling for about six months. Off he goes. Andrew gets promoted somehow. In comes Martin Johnson. And of course, things get much better. Way better. Because within two years, we've got Orinley and Hipkiss and Peter Richards playing against the All Blacks. So by better, (laughs) I mean so much fucking worse. It's like someone let a goat shit in my mouth while I was asleep. Absolutely minging.
2: (laughs) Is it worse? It's
0: It's so
1: bad. I mean, to look back at this 2003 to now, really. Yeah. So that's it, 10 years of just utterly wasteful fucking awfulness.
2: But you look at, is it worse that England left Ashton dangling for fucking ages or what Roger Lewis and David Pickering did to Gareth, <laughs> uh, Gareth Jenkins after the fight? Fucking... Which was
1: two minutes after literally, he
2: got... Literally, the morning after at the team hotel him. In a way, yes, because yeah.
1: the morning after in the team hotel, they were going to sack Ashton. But because uh, okay. it's the RFU, they have
2: this—they
0: have this
1: fucking facade of an independent review that, and, and it's the yeah. same after every tournament. When actually, you know, you're going to sack him. Yeah, I suppose he took the money. He'd be quite happy. He gets paid on six months, doesn't he? But oh, it's so mad. yeah. It, God, this is a long one. Shall we finish with this with the good and shit teams of the tournament?
2: Um, yes. I mean, you've have you got, got anything this. else? I've got nothing else to say, right. and we have been at this for fucking ages. Yeah,
1: you get any fucking money's worth with this, or not, Absolutely. depending on which way you look at it. Yeah.
2: I mean, you can take out the pop culture into <laughs> uh, these, and me, and me looking at Gavin Cornell.
1: Right then, so, here's the team of the tournament, as I chose it back in 2007 on the Blood & Mud Yes, Mud.com because you blog. had
2: started Blood & Mud by this point. I have, point. so, yeah. yeah.
1: Full back, Ignacio Carletto of Argentina.
2: He was very good, he if memory good. This.
0: yeah.
1: Uh, the winger. This is a bit of a selfish choice for me. Uh, this. Don't forget. This is the first time we were exposed to Kudzu and Wenya for the USA. Oh,
2: and was fucking excellent. Skinned he skinned Brian in a, yes. In the game. What a, Oh, that was. Yes, I forgot about him. Um,
1: Seri Rabeni outside yes. centre. Yeah. Felipe Contopomi at twelve. Yeah. Brian Banner at eleven. Yeah. Uh, Juan Martin Hernandez at ten. Yep. de Dupia at nine. Yep. Andrew Sheridan at loose head. Well. Well, in this (laughs) tournament, yeah.
2: Fair enough, yeah.
1: Two, Rafael Ibanez. Yeah. Although, to be fair, John Smith wanted a shout there. Yeah. Carl Heyman for New Zealand. He was pretty outstanding, even though he went out early. Yeah. Yeah. Albacete, monster. Yeah. Matt Field, monster. Yeah. Acapusi kera Ungera as it is, yeah. Yeah. Juan Martin Fernández lobby.
2: Yeah, still now. To be honest, yeah. Of course, you
1: forget that him and him and Chabal played in the same sale team at this time. Oh yeah, God,
2: wow, what a axis of horrible.
1: And number eight it could have been Danny Russo, but I think I indulged I a bit and had Finau Maka. Yeah. And uh, I, picked,
0: I go
2: on. You, I, that's a very good team. It's that not would bad, have played it? much. It's that would bad. have played. It would have played much better than. Uh, the team probably did. <laughs> to be
1: honest, I've got a shit team in the tunnel, but I've lost it now. So, and I'm, oh, well. we're at it for two hours. So I'm going to pack it. Yeah, up.
2: Jesus Christ! Well done, everybody. everybody. You've made it. There'll be we a few fucking commutes
1: end. you can do this on.
2: Oh yes, my laptop is actually currently uh, flashing the low battery warning. You not is... I had to
1: stand up and plug it in halfway through. That's why I waved at you. Yeah,
2: yeah. that's right. genuinely. This has never happened before.
1: We've never gone on for this long before. I think we've done one no. hour
2: forty before. This is but remarkable. Nostalgia, stuff. man.
1: There's so much to talk about. Yeah,
2: God, there's so much. Thank you, anyway, everybody. Yes, there's probably, of the people the, who paid, there's probably
1: about half of you left. And I mean that, by that, I mean half a person, not half the number of people.
2: Yeah, and that person's just, yeah. I mean, are, are you sure you're, are you you're alive? Okay. You're all right out there. Yeah, you're all right. In to, a welfare yeah. check.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Speak <laughs> to you all soon. I hope you've enjoyed that. Yeah. Take care. Take Goodbye. care,
2: everybody. Bye.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.